Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, or as many of you now know him as Mad Dog Manny Aurora, when he stops into the Golden Scissors studio, he is the best when it comes to criminal law. If you got any troubles and you need somebody, reach out to the Aurora Law Firm. The AuroraLawFirm.com, all right? Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Now, if you got a question for Manny when he pops into the Golden Scissor Studio, you can call our hotline at 404-369-3825 or shoot us a message from our website, PodcastTheBS.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the Square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc., Offering virtual sessions. If you can't get to the Georgia stops, the website, markwelltherapy.com. Again, markwelltherapy.com. Fall is right around the corner, and the leaves will begin to, well, fall. Nobody likes the hassle of cleaning out those gutters. That's where Inspect All Pest Services comes in. They do gutter cleaning, gutter toppers to keep those gutters clean year-round, and full gutter replacement. In addition to gutters, they also do pressure washing to keep your house and driveway looking brand new. Inspect All Pest Services. Call them today, 770-483-2420. 770-483-2420. Mention the BS, receive 10% off your gutter or pressure washing needs. <laughs> Want to come to a party? The Bailey Show Podcast presents podcast and pours to Halliversary, Saturday, October 29th, starting after the UGA game at Tannery Row in Beaufort, Georgia. Live music from The Verb Pipe. I won't be held responsible. Also, the all-veteran band, Distinct Grace, a live DJ, a live recording of the BS, and two Halloween costume contests, totaling $1,000 in cash prizes. Dollar store, less is more, Halloween costume contest. $40 early bird ticket price while they last, and $100 for VIP, which includes free food and a drink. Join everyone from the BS Network as we celebrate Halloween, the one-year anniversary of the podcast, and Bailey getting fired. That's what's up! More details and to purchase tickets, go to podcastthebs.com. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. (laughs) It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. (laughs) Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. (laughs) And by God, this is the BS. All right, there it is, episode 106, the Go Home Show. 
which is the show before the the, the big thing tomorrow night at Tannery Row. It's called oh, a go home show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for being here. It's the BS. My name is Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissor Studio, sponsored by Gorenstein and Watkins. That's Tyler Watkins. New branding, new name, new website. GWTrial.com. GWTrial.com. Gorenstein and Watkins. 470-491-0808. Trial litigation, attorneys, personal injury, wrongful death, contracts, transactions, landlord, tenant disputes. You name it, they do it. Talking to them right now about a situation that we know of. Uh, and I know Tyler will be at Podcast and Pours 2 tomorrow. I don't know if Gorenstein will. I've never met Gorenstein. Very excited to meet Gorenstein. I hope he knows that he's on the podcast. (laughs) I'm sure he knows. Sounds like a guy you don't want to mess with. Gorenstein. Uh, There's the Nader Tater Vader Masturbator in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, who will miraculously show up tomorrow night at Tannery Row. Poof. Poof. It's the going home show. I'm coming home. Yes, it's the go home. Come, Come home to us, love. (laughs) (laughs) the lovely oh so talented long fingernail the halloween decorated vivacious nikki d hey 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 nikki and they glow in the dark so you'll see me glowing tomorrow is that part of your outfit yes it is it is okay yeah so i uh i have one thing to do with my i gotta shave my face but keep my mustache and darken it because i got some grays in there but it needs to be dark because oh. oh, for my for my costume for tomorrow. Now remember, you know uh, I'm the kind of guy that I always mix to. You know, uh, Willy Wonka, Nelson, Garth Vader, SpongeBob Ross, Steve No Jobs. You know, I had some pretty clever costumes over the years. You have this one is not only topical but clever. This one's good. I really like this one. I actually switched gears. I had something that I was going to do prior before, and I changed it up. because this is topical because one of the people that I'm dressing up as has a movie coming out about them. Mm -hmm. About them? And the other one's dead. (laughs) So, yeah, about them. Just trying to think, aren't you? I am. Yeah, you'll never guess it. So, yeah, so this would be, this episode is the go-home show. That's what they call it. I had to go to Facebook the other day to figure out what that, I forgot the term, like in wrestling, the show before the pay-per-view. I was like, what is it called? The walk-off show? What It's called something. And they call it the go-home show. And everybody's trying to answer me and tell me that uh, I was wrong, but I didn't know the answer. But I knew that they were wrong. You know, it was one of those types of things. So I reached out to Bubba Ray Dudley, and I reached, and then a couple of my buddies that are in the wrestling business, Dylan and, and, um, and uh, Kyle, they, they they responded, so they knew. So everybody else was like sending me Google snapshots. And going, no, dude, you're wrong. I'm right. This is what it is. I'm like, no, it's not what I'm looking for. Prelims, that's what it's called. Dark matches. No, 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 no. I know what those are. It's called a go-home show. So uh, tomorrow night is the night. <laughs> this is going to be the last time you're going to hear me ask you uh, to buy tickets for Podcast Imports 2 because this is the last episode of the week, right? So, podcastthebs.com. Let's do the rundown, shall we? All right. We've got All right. the Verve Pipe headlining tomorrow night for our Halloween party. This is a Halloween party, right? For as the BS Podcast presents Podcast Imports 2 Halloversary, celebrating Halloween, the one year anniversary of us, you, for making this podcast successful this year, 
right? And also, it's been the one. It's been uh, it's the one year anniversary of me getting fired. <laughs> so I think that actually happened last week. But still, celebrating the one years, right? Yeah, uh, the yeah. first year. So so we're having a Halloween party. We're just having the Verve Pipe play it, which is cool, right? Like we've got the fucking Verve Pipe headlining our Halloween party. Distinct Grace, the all veteran band, they're going to be performing. We'll do a live recording, right? So you can come out and be a part of the show. We'll be doing that about 7.30. So if you want to get there early. Now, this whole thing starts at Tannery Row in Beaufort. This whole thing starts right after the UGA game. Now, big UGA game tomorrow, right, against Florida. You can go and watch the game there. Get your drinks, get your snacks, bring your outfits, maybe get changed there or come in costume or half costume or whatever you want to do. And then just stay at Tannery Row the entire day and entire night. We got a long night ahead of us, by the way. Uh, just make sure you got your tickets with you. Either they're on your phone or you've printed them out. Or maybe you have them in an email or something. Uh, and then you can stay. You can buy tickets at the door. I don't know why you do that. Like, if I see you buy tickets at the door, I'm going to get really irritated with you. So don't let me see you do it. It just doesn't make any sense. We've been promoting this thing for four fucking weeks. Why would you want to deter somebody from buying a ticket? Well, I'm not deterring them. I just know it's going to irritate me. They may have said, you know what, I'm going to get my ticket at the door. And now you just told them they, you better not see them. And so they're going to be like, you know what, I'm just going to skip it because I don't want Bailey mad at me seeing me buying a ticket They don't at care the if door. I'm mad at them. Right? Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to see you buy them at the door because I'm going to purposely ignore that. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Or you can edit that whole thing. What if it's a person who was already at the bar who don't even know what we were doing? And they said, hey, this looks fun. I'm going to buy a ticket. Well, that's fine. They're not they're not one of us like there's going to be plenty of uh, there's going to be plenty of people that are going to be there that don't have no idea who we are. I've actually (laughs) I've actually run into some of those people that that have heard about the party and kind of knew like a, a podcast was putting it on and something like that. Uh, so it's, it's, that's cool that the word's got now. That's kind of yeah. neat. You know, yeah. And the flyers are out there. So, so buy those tickets at the door. Yeah. Buy the tickets at the 40 bucks GA and then a hundred bucks for VIP. That's uh free food and a free drink. If you want, I'm sure we'll have drink specials throughout the evening that you can partake in. Like it matters. You're there to have a good time. We have two Halloween costume contests, right? We've got a generic one for everybody to be a part of. So when you show up, we're probably going to have you sign up in the Haunted Vendor Village. And you'll see it when we get there. Create Graphics has done an amazing job. Like, I've got so much new BS merch that we'll have for sale there in the Haunted Vendor Village. And then we've got the great sponsors of the event, like the Georgia Hemp Company, Inspect All Pest Services, Hobo Fire, uh, Gornstein and Watkins Law, and My Karma Creations. And they'll all be in this area where there's going to be a bar set up. They'll, like I said, we'll have the BS tent with merchandise. And then there will be a table where where you can sign up for the, the, the contest. $500 cash prize. Right, so $500 winner take all um, for that. Everybody can sign up for it. Now, the dollar store. Dollar store. Less is more. Halloween costume contest. The dollar store less is more Halloween costume contest. You have to sign up for in advance. And I only have a handful of people still to this day that are going to be in this contest. So it's like five people can win $500. So, I mean, the, the odds of... You winning are pretty good if you put some effort into your costume. And again, how it works is $15. You're 
Your $15, you can spend it at any dollar type stores, Dollar Tree, Dollar General, blah, blah, blah. And just bring your receipt and everything you use for your costume, you have to be wearing. You cannot use anything from home or outside or something like that. I always say if you're going to be like a basketball player and you got everything at the dollar store and then you're wearing $250 J's, you can't do that. That's that's not how that works. Um, <laughs> but you have to sign up for that in advance. Like today is your last day, right? So the Bailey Show podcast at gmail.com, the Bailey Show podcast. But you can also just go to podcastthebs.com. Nate has set it up so it makes it easy and it just shoots the email right to me. So um, that's that. And we got a trip that we're giving away. Oh, that's right. We've got the balloon drops. We have a trip. There's so much stuff <laughs> that I can't even remember. We have a trip to St. Martin, right? That this, this, this beautiful, beautiful place. Now, these are accommodations. You got to get transportation there, but it's accommodations for like a week to, to I don't know, I don't have the name in front of me. It's Royal something or another. But, yeah, but it's a great trip, and, and I found out that I can't win it. So if you win it, then look out. Take me with you. If you're a single guy or a swinging couple, Nikki D doesn't mind a little scissor grinding. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go. She'll do anything for the beach. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we're going to have a balloon drop. So how run a show, how it's going to work. I, I did the run a show earlier this week. Is at 7.30... Uh, is when everything will start, and we'll be ready to rock and roll at 7.30. Uh, we'll do the live recording of the show at 7.30, and we'll go for, you know, I, I have a slated for an hour, but we'll probably do like 45 minutes or something. So as soon as we're done, I'll get up on stage, do some introductions, blah, 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 talk to everybody, say hi, and then I'll bring out Distinct Grace. Distinct Grace comes out at, I believe, like 8.30. I have the start time. Um I don't have, do you have the run a show in front of you, Nate, by any chance? I do, yeah. Uh, what do you look for, Distinct Grace? Yeah, after Distinct Grace, we do the the first, the the, the, the generic, uh, what, what costume contest are we doing next? The dollar store, right? Yeah, the, uh, you have the first, uh, just the regular Halloween costume contest at 10. Okay, yeah, so that's the big one, because there's going to be more people in that one. So I, I, I needed more time for that. Then after that's all said and done, the Verve Pipe will come on. So I got them come on at like 10.30, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Ten thirty. They'll play for I think an hour and a half or something, and then when that's done, we'll do the dollar store. Less is more. Halloween. Dollar store. Oh. Less is more. Halloween costume contest. So we'll do that um, after the Verve pipe because that'll be pretty quick, and then we'll do the balloon drop. And in this balloon drop, the trip there be there are going to be numbers in the balloons. So one of the numbers is going to match up to the trip. Then there's tons of gift cards. Thanks to Sample Electric. That's Jeremiah fucking Sample. Thanks to UCI Kitchen and Bath. We have all these different gift cards. I mean, I went out and bought gift cards to Home Depot, to Starbucks, to the movies. Ooh, uh, Chick-fil-A? Uh, I'm waiting on the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Actually, I'm, wait, I'm waiting. Um, yeah. So... Um, yeah, so th- that'll be good. I don't think I'm missing anything, right? Nope, that's it. That's that's all. What are you looking forward to, Nikki? Uh, I'm looking forward to the costume contest because I, I love seeing people's creativity, what they're going to come as. And I'm waiting for the balloon drop. <laughs> I love balloon drops. Yeah, balloon drop's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank God uh, the p- good people at Tannery Row um, um, uh, are blowing those up for us because I was like, <laughs> I do not want to. Do not want to blow those up. I really do not want to blow those up. Sorry, I'm 
trying to get this text back. You you good, Nate? Why are you twice on my screen? Um, I don't know. It kicked me out. I joined back in. No. Well, it's good to have you back, buddy. Welcome back. It's good. Right, and I don't Thanks. like I don't like bad Nate who doesn't have a face up there in my top right hand. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what else to do uh, to get you out there. We've had a really really good week. Just as I thought that it would be a lot of tickets the final week. You know, people getting their babysitters and stuff. And and if you're a subscriber to our newsletter you would have gotten discounts this week. I put, put out some save some money discounts. Uh, that's pretty easy. That's free. Just go to podcastthebs.com as soon as you go to the website. If you're not a subscriber, a thing will pop up, and it'll, uh, it'll ask you to subscribe. But I sent that out there. Not saying that I might not send that out again later today or sometime today, or it might already be sent out, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're a subscriber to the newsletter. Ooh. Yeah. So I might do a last-minute, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So, Nate, are you excited? I'm excited to, to see you guys. I haven't seen you all for a while and everybody else. I haven't seen, uh, you know, all the, the two peers since was well, the, the first one, I guess. Right. Yeah. The yeah. first podcast in pours. So we'll get through this one. And, and I, I'm going to tell you this and be completely honest with you. Uh, I've had so much fun planning this event. I've had so much, I've enjoyed working with Mike and everybody, Heather and everybody over at Tannery Rose so much. Like, I want to do more events with them if they'll let me, I'll let us. Um, so hopefully this will be successful enough at least for them to go, okay, well, maybe we got something here. But it's such a great venue. You know, I know some people are going to be like, well, it's far. Well, if you've lived in Atlanta for more than a year, you know everything is far and everything is close. Like, if you live in Beaufort, guess what? It ain't far. <laughs> it's not, you know, even living in Roswell, it's not that bad. It's a straight shot up 400. I mean, it's like 30, 35 minutes, but isn't everything in Atlanta? Everything. Especially, you know, I would rather drive 30, 35 minutes without traffic straight up 400 and go to Beaufort and go to Tannery Row than to drive 35 plus minutes into the metro going half the distance but having to sit in traffic, especially if I'm going to a Falcons game or a Hawks game or something or a concert at State Farm. Like, I'd rather drive than to sit in traffic. Sitting in traffic drives me insane. Like, I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. So it's it's an easy drive. And we, we, we still have uh, a few of the hotel rooms at a discount nearby, like two miles away. That information is on podcastthebs.com. I believe it's a Marriott. I've got a room there. It's going to be a very interesting weekend because... So I've got tomorrow morning, we're in the uh, tennis playoffs, the Alta playoffs. And unfortunately, we were in first place up until the last week. And top two teams go, but the top team gets home, home court advantage. Mm. That would have been nice for tomorrow. Been very convenient for me. But we got second place. We, were we lost by one point. So, um, so we have to travel to coming tomorrow morning and go play tennis and if we win which is the goal then we have to play sunday (laughs) oh geez yeah so and 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 they're like you know we need you can you play because you know we're short on guys not that i'm the best guy on the team by no stretch but but i am playing some really good tennis like i'm playing some of the best tennis i've ever played in my life right now and you win it yeah, I mean, I'm. We we played a team last week that was really good. Like some of the some of the teams, most of the teams that we play this year are really good. I haven't won every match, but they've been really really good. Actually, it's the teams that aren't as good as the ones I lose to. 
because I get sucked into their game and I can't play my game. But these guys that we played were really good. And we were down 5-2 in the first set, came back to beat them 7-6 in the tiebreaker, Mm. and then destroyed them 6-3 in the second set. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I was serving out of my mind. I was hitting forehands like 150 miles per hour. No, you weren't. Yeah, I kid you not. (laughs) (laughs) You probably were hitting them at like 50. No, 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 no. 50. 50. You got to come out. You got to see the kid in action. You got to see the kid play. Kid's a beast when he's out there. So it's going to be a very interesting weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing each and every one of you. For those of you that have already purchased tickets and uh, are coming out to support the event, thank you so much. Really, thank you. We're going to have so much fun. I know you guys are looking forward to this. I get messages all the time from a lot of the two peers that are uh, are heading out there. And uh, just we just know we're going to have a good time. Every time we get together, we have a good time. Podcast and Pours 1, which was kind of thrown together with no gimmicks, little to no gimmicks, was a blast, man. I had so, I didn't want to leave. I was having so much fun. And so we're going to do it again. But what I was saying before is I had such a good time planning this event that when it's over come Monday, which is the real Halloween, um, I'm, uh, I'm going to start planning the, sec- the third one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm going to book the, I kind of have an idea who, who I'm going to book. I was trying to trying to finagle a little bit in uh, this past weekend. So up up in that area, so Sugar Hill is not far for those that are not from here. You know, where, where our event is in Buford, there's a place called Sugar Hill that's not far, and they have some venues there as well that I didn't know about. I didn't even know Sugar Hill existed. I, I've never been there before. But it's a nice, cool, quaint little town that's built up. It's, it kind of reminds me of the Back to the Future town. I've heard of it. I've yeah. never been there, though. Am I right, Nate? It's kind of weird like that, right? I mean, it's fun. It's nice. It's, you know, it's it's all, they've, like, redone it. You know, they've they've made, st- it's all brand new. And they've got this little uh, band sh- uh, shelter kind of place. This little, maybe sits a thousand people in it. And then they've got this theater that's way cool. It maybe sits 200, 150 tops you know not a lot but it's cool and it sounds cool and everything everybody's nice and 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 clean uh but it's 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 kind of a throwback everything's kind of a throwback so uh brett michaels was in town this past weekend and i've known brett for a very long time most of you know i you know i have a man crush on him and i have kind of a friendship with him and all that good stuff and i went up on stage i'm saying with poison blah 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 blah. so anyway he was in town i just didn't know i was going to be able to make it because before that i had senior night for my daughter. I saw that. That was cute. And we had to walk her out on the field. And I was like, okay. So I'm talking with Pete uh, Evick, uh, which is Brett's guitarist. He's been on the podcast. I'm like, what time do you guys go on? Because he's like, you coming out? And he's like, we want you to bring us out on stage. And I was like, well, I appreciate that because that gets me in front of people so I can promote the podcast. Ooh. Because, you know, nice. yeah, you know, but don't get too many opportunities doing a podcast to, to, unless you know the, the, the bands and the acts. And this was sold out. It was a sold out show. And, and it was, I ran into a, there, a lot of podcast listeners. I mean, a lot, but a good number of podcast listeners of you know, our podcast. It was very nice. Uh, you see the picture that I posted with the, the lady that, that works the events. She also works at, uh, I think, Ameris Bank. 
And uh, I met her there, actually. And then I saw her there. But she's a huge fan of the podcast. And she'd be coming tomorrow night, but she had uh, some other plans already already in place. So, anyway, so um, we're at Roswell High School. Roswell High School to where Brett Michaels was playing is about 35-ish minutes, 40 minutes. About the okay. same. Yeah. But I got to get there way before 9 because I got to park. You got to figure all that out. You know, you got to give yourself at least 20 minutes to figure everything out. I'm like, okay. So we get to the high school at seven. We're walking out at seven 15, but for some reason we had to be there at like five 30. And so we get there way early and we're just, you know, that kind of thing. And they're yeah. like, they're like, okay, seniors, everybody. Now Ariel wanted me, mom and her boyfriend to walk her out. Oh, and I was not a fan of that at yeah. all. I was, but how do you tell her? Right. You know, but I always like, I, I, and I told Rachel, I'm not a fan. Thank God. The rule is you can only have your family, even though a couple players did bring out their girlfriends and boyfriends or something. We were told that you could only bring your family. So I was like, thank God. <laughs> even though she's, And it's not that I don't like the kid. I do. I like the kid a lot. He's a very nice, he's a nice dude. But let's be honest, 10 years from now, you're looking at that picture. You don't want them in there. You know, it's just, you just don't, right? You, you don't, you don't want that kind of, I would, my girlfriend that I had for six years, all throughout high school, I thought I was going to marry her and stuff. I'm glad, you know, I, I didn't have her in my senior walk, nor did I want her. <laughs> yeah, I only had my parents. Yeah. Yeah, I... I wouldn't even say, yeah, I, I don't think he should have been in it, but not just because, or not because he, they're going to look at the pictures in the future and be like, oh, you know, I remember that guy or whatever. I, I think it's because it's a family thing. It should just be the parents. Because you all, you have pictures from a dance with a, a guy that she went to to a dance with that she's no longer with or whatever. I, I don't think that's a big deal. But yeah, it's just a, a mother-father um, tight family thing. Yeah, I, I thought so. Um, and so uh, so we get there. And we're waiting, and then they start lining us up. And the football players are first, and there's a lot of seniors on this team. So I'm like, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. You know, but I'm trying to be in the moment because this is big. This is senior night, right? Ariel's a little pissed off because her boyfriend's not, can't walk. So I'm like, let's just get through this. Just get through this. And all you're doing is you're walking out. You're, you know, you're at 50 yard line, you walk out. And they, so here's the thing they did it before the game. Usually you do it at halftime. Yeah. And so there's like nobody there to see us walk. I mean, it's like kind of pointless, right? You're just, you're just kind of going through the motions, but I'm assuming they didn't do it at halftime because there's so many fucking people in this line. So it was <laughs> the football players. There must've been 20 seniors and their families. And you got to go through everybody. Then there's the cheerleaders. That's us. Okay. We've got it probably half a dozen cheerleaders. Then there was uh band. band and there was another group dance team and majorettes probably. Yeah. I mean, this line, <laughs> it, it, it went from the sideline all the way around the field, like the track through the gate to where we started from. I mean, it was a line. <laughs> And all as I said to Ariel is, thank you for not being in band. <laughs> but I would have rather you played football. <laughs> 
so it's it was it was funny. I'm I'm listening to Roswell High School as a I don't know who who does it, but whoever does their um their their PA stuff for the games does a really good job. I think it's the same guy that does their basketball games. He's really really good. He's got a great voice. He's very energetic. He's got a lot of charisma, and he does the best of what he can with kind of a lackluster sound system. You know, but I, I enjoy him. I think he does a very good job. Whoever you are, if it gets back to you, you do a great job. Uh, so, you know, he's introducing everybody, and it's like, all right, this is Bill Williamson and his mother, Teresa, and her boyfriend, Johannes. And to the right is her his father, that's <laughs> Ralph, and his mistress, uh, Tina, and her girlfriend, Laquisha. Everybody, that's the Williamson family. <laughs> like, like the dynamic, like, you know, growing up, it was, we were just starting to get in the day and age of understanding that there are families that have gone through divorces and you have split custody. And like in the nineties, you were starting to accept that. And you can give a lot of credit to married with children on Fox for that. Uh, not only for helping launch the the Fox network, but uh, also bringing to light that the families aren't what they were in the eighties, right? We're not we're not going to pretend like we're the uh, the 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 Keatons or you know the seventies, the Partridge Family or the Beavers in the sixties, you know that kind of stuff. We're this is what life is. This is fucking dysfunctional. It's fucked up. <laughs> so I didn't. I'm not judging these people. I just thought it was. Funny how far we've come to where we accept the dysfunctional dynamic of our families. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I mean, like it was, it was crazy. Like uh, here is uh, Jimmy Caruso and his mother, who's with his stepfather, who's walking down the aisle with her boyfriend, and on the other side, his father and his new boyfriend, who was just adopted two Asian kids. And like, <laughs> It's like a storyline. You got to follow all this shit. You're like, wow, that's a fucked up family. (laughs) You know, then it gets to us and it's like, here is Ariel Guy and her mother, Rachel Guy. And then he stutter steps and he goes, and her father, Jason Bailey. <laughs> not guy. <laughs> but like, he is the guy. I'm like we're part of the, we're part of the dysfunction. <laughs> Put us in, we're part of the dysfunction. So so we get through, we do the picture and the cheerleading coach comes out and takes a picture and and uh, and, and then and then we're like, "Oh, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go." So we get there, and we get there perfect time, and it was really easy after we found parking. There's not a lot of parking there, but we found some parking, and we walk in, and you know our tickets were where they were supposed to be, and they took us right up to the front, and it's kind of like Chastain a little bit where I guess you can bring your own stuff with you, like you can bring a cooler of food and drink, and they've got tables, and so we were at a table. We just didn't bring anything with us, and and, and then Pete, you know, I'm texting with Pete and Pete brings me back. It was like perfect timing. And I go back there and I see Brett and, you know, we're bullshitting and stuff. And I'm like, his, his uh, person, his, I don't want to say handler, but she's been Brett's. An assistant? 
Yeah, assistant PR per. I mean, she's been with him forever. Her name's Jana. She's so pleasant. She's so sweet. She's so nice. I didn't realize it was her birthday that night. I felt horrible. But, um, and I hadn't seen her. <laughs> I hadn't seen her in 17 years. Wow. Because the last time, I mean, I've talked to her in those times, but I've never, I haven't seen her. And when I saw her last, she was pregnant. And I said, God, the last time I saw you, you were pregnant. How long ago was that? What was your kid like eight, nine, seven? What is it? She goes, no, she's 17. She's graduating this year. It's like, what yeah. the fuck? She drove me here. <laughs> what the fuck? She opened for Brett. Yeah. Like, what the yeah. fuck? I was like, wow, that's great. I felt kind of bad about it. So I was talking to her. I go, you know, you know what I do now? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, I think we can work out something to possibly maybe get Brett to a podcast in Boris. And uh, she was like, we can talk. Let's talk. Let's, let's figure it out. I'm like, oh, that would be the pinnacle, right? You know, because he's my guy. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I love having the Verve Pipe tomorrow. They're one of my favorite bands, and that was part of the the agenda with these events is to book the bands that I enjoy, that I like. Uh, you know, now I'm hoping that you like them too, so you buy tickets. But I'm gonna be honest with you, I've never had this kind of power before. It's kind of fucking fun. So I'm booking wow. ba- I'm booking bands that I want to watch, I want to see, I want to be close to. And so I was like, God, if I can book Brett, I was like, God, this is like full circle. I remember in. Seventh grade, me and Daniel and Brian and John and Sean all dancing to poison. Look what the cat dragged in in our underwear in my bedroom. And like all these years later, I'm booking him. How cool. If, if that happens. If that, what? Why were you in the bedroom with, with a bunch of boys in y'all underwear? I, I don't know. know. guys did that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember it's, it's true. We all had tidy whities on and we were dancing in our underwear to poison. That was the first time I ever heard poison was that night. But I don't know why we were in our underwear. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I was the last to do it, too, because I saw everybody else do it. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, everybody close your eyes and put your penis through this hole. Because I didn't like like, uh, taking off my shirt. So I was like, oh, oh, come in. Yeah, look at me. (laughs) Um, so, so that was cool. Right. And, and so I, I get to bring bread out and, um, and uh, that was fun. And then he kills it as norm, you know, but before he, he goes out, like we're, we're in this little area behind the stage they had a tent set up for him and stuff. And they had some snacks and some drinks. When I see these, these guys walk over and they're like rock stars, you can tell they're rock stars. They walk over, and they're just the nicest guys in the world, and they introduce themselves. Hi, I'm this. Hi, I'm Taylor. Hi, I'm AJ. And, da, 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 da. and I was like, oh, it's cool. And, and you don't want to be the guy like, who's that? Who are you? <laughs> you know, and, and, and you can't, you're, such in, you're in such close proximity, you don't want to wiki them either, right? You don't want to say, hey, yeah. let me do Google Lens real quick. You know? <laughs> Tyler and AJ? No, the Front Street Boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you knew that they were somebody, right? I mean, Right. They, they were, they were, they, they were, you know, they had the neck tattoos and they were wearing cool shit. They looked cool. And it's just, you just know, like, God, who are these guys? They look cool. God, and they're very nice. So, uh, I'm talking with one of them, Taylor, and we just hit it off, started having a really cool conversation and this and this and that, and start talking about music and, and whatnot. And he goes, Hey, we're playing tomorrow night. You know, we're talking for a while, so we kind of bonded. He's like, hey, we're playing tomorrow night. I can put you on the list if you guys want to come. I still don't know who anybody is. And I'm like, well, this is the way I'm going to find out, right? 
And I was like, yeah, we'd love to come. Where are you playing? He goes, this is a place right up here called the Eagle. And it's in the same area, but it's, it's that theater I was talking about. I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, yeah, we're on tour with um, Chris Rowe from the Ataris, Alien Ant Farm, and Hoobastank. And I'm like, I still don't know who Taylor is. And I don't know who. <laughs> so they must be the headliners. I don't, then I find out it's Lit, the band Lit, which fucking who doesn't love Lit, right? Who doesn't love Hoobastank? Who doesn't love Alien Ant Farm? I love Chris Rowe from the Ataris. I've got Chris Rowe stories from back when he started, which are kind of cool. Um, but anyway... This I forgot about this tour. I was under the impression I thought this was the same tour that they did with Art Alexakis uh, from Everclear a couple years ago, where they just went out and did acoustic stuff. It's the same tour, but they don't necessarily do acoustic stuff. For the most part, outside of Chris Rowe, this was a full blown concert, like a badass concert with lights and sound and drums and electric. I mean, it was these guys performed in this small theater to a couple hundred people, like they were performing to 50,000 people. That just shows you how much of a pro they really are when you can do that instead of going, this is bullshit. You know, I'm like, I'm I'm too big for this. Those bands, those bands have sold some albums. They've sold some records, all of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Brett, you know, I mean, he's a big deal and he's still, you know, playing venues and he does a great show every time. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got a thousand sold out. So these guys come out, and um, it was cool because so I was like, "Yeah, I want to come to the show." So they 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 have an app like wherever they go, I guess, if they want to get people on the show, they, it's just for artists, and then you, they just put your name in, and it goes on the list, which I thought was kind of cool. So uh, I do the introduction, and I go out there and I come back, and uh, it was either Taylor or AJ from Lit was like, "Dude, that was awesome." I was like, "What?" what? He goes how you did that your introduction it's like that was so cool i go really i was so flattered (laughs) i don't think i've had you know rachel likes my growl but i don't think i've ever had anyone compliment me on my mic skills like that before especially like a a rock star like that's kind of neat thank you i appreciate that sir I went up and bought beers for everybody. The kid at the, the the bar cut me a deal, and I was like, "Cool, man!" So I came back with a twelve pack, and I was like, "Hey, everybody, have some beers." You know, we're like kind of stage right, and then at the end, nothing but a good time. They all went up there. So it was um, AJ, who's the lead singer of Lit. His brother Jeremy's the the guitarist. Taylor's the drummer. By the way, Taylor. So I'll get to Taylor in a second. But so. Th- he had a mic and AJ knew the words, which is great. I was telling the story about Brad Arnold from back in the day when I went up and how he didn't know the words. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, yeah, I grew up on this stuff, man. He's like, I love, it was a really cool collaboration because, um, I, I'd never seen lit perform. AJ is a really, really, really good front man, really good front man. So is the lead singer for Hoobastank. So is the lead singer for Alien Ant Farm. <clears throat> they're really, really good front men. I'd never seen Alien Ant Farm before either. <clears throat> so there was the guitarist for Hoobastank. Um, he was there. He went up there. He didn't really do anything. They had the, uh, who was the other guy that went up there? I think maybe it was the bassist. No, the bassist. Yeah, the bassist for Lit. He was up there playing like the tambourines and stuff. They were all just great guys. I didn't go up there. I could have gone up there, but I didn't go up there. There's no place for me up there. I learned my lesson a million years ago. I'm not going up there. I'm not going to ruin this. This is too good. I want to sit there as a fan and watch because it was really a cool experience to watch. 
So, so that was that. And then the next night we go back and, uh, and, and we go see, see the lit show. And then we hang out with the guys afterwards. And so Taylor, um, has a band, uh, a side project of his own outside of drumming for lit. He's not the original drummer, but he's been in that band since like 2008. He's a really, really, really good drummer. Really good. Like that band is badass, man. And like you forget how many hits these bands have. My own worst enemy, of course. They closed with that. Miserable, you know. You complete, you make me complete, you know, you make you come, you know, whatever. Miserable. Oh my God, it's great. Um, the, the song from American Pie that will live forever, you know. Hoobastank. I forgot, I forgot they did Running Away. They actually closed with Running Away. I thought they closed with a reason. I forgot how many songs they had, how many hits they had. And I remember when those guys just first started. Uh, and, and they were those early 2000s when they hit. Um, so it was pretty cool. But Taylor's got a side project with Lizzie Hale's brother from Hailstorm. And it's called Chemical Fire, right? I think that's what it's called. So we're going to have them on at some point in time. I'm working on that right now. Um, I think it's Chemical. RJ, is that his name? Yeah, RJ. Yeah, Chemical Fire, but it's K-E-M-I-K-A-L-F-I-R-E. And the way that Taylor described their music, because you can't find they don't have any music out yet, but he says it's going to be a mix between Muse and Slipknot. Oh, that's interesting. Which I think is pretty cool. So you kind of have that synth speed rock. Two great bands. Nikki has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Do they rap? They could. Chemical with a K. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. So do you do any do you have like did you follow anything I just said? I mean I understand that you met people and they complimented you. They have bands and they sing. Yeah. I got it. You're not familiar with any of the bands? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know who, who Brett Michaels is. Okay. You know who Brett is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well that's usually I watched him on VH one. Okay, so you saw Rock of Love. Yeah. Right. Do you have any yeah. idea who Alien Ant Farm is? No. Okay. You know the song by Michael Jackson, Smooth Criminal? Yep. Okay. They they redid it and okay. back in the day. And it was probably, you know, it's funny because I was thinking two of those bands, their biggest hits are, <clears throat> are remakes of other people's songs, which is nothing yeah. wrong with that because, you know, I mean, this might be sacrilegious to say to the diehard Michael Jackson fan, but I can make an argument that the Alien Ant Farm version of Smooth Criminal is better than the Michael Jackson version. <clears throat> yeah, at least get you going a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's pretty badass. Faster. You know, but Boys to Men, I mean, not Boys to Men, Boys of Summer from the Ataris is a Don Henley song. It was actually yeah. written by Tom Petty's guitarist. So that's that was their biggest hit. So it's kind of funny, like Chris Rowe from the Ataris, and I liked the Ataris. <clears throat> when they first came out, <clears throat> I remember they were a part of this MTV Summer Concert Tour. And I just remember his grandfather sitting on the side of the stage, just so proud of his grandson. But he was this like little skinny punk ass, you know, you could tell he was just looking for trouble. And now, he, you know, he's obviously put some weight on. He's older and just a lot more chill and appreciative of life. And he was talking about, you know, because he just had stood up there with a the guitar. He was just singing and just kind of goofing with the crowd and having fun. <clears throat> he was talking about how his car broke down. 
And he's like, yeah, so this tour I'm driving by myself in my, my beat up car. And just like the way when we started things and he goes, it broke down and thank God for the good people and coming, uh, that, that are, that are fixing it. And I'm going to miss tomorrow night's show, but I'll uh, make the, the rest of the tour, but I'm going to go pick like just, just very down to earth kind of guy. Right. Just very, very cool. Um, so it was, it was like all in a lit, you don't know lit it lit like is, uh, the, the, can we say lit was probably if you were to take top 15, 20 bands of the nineties, as far as defining the nineties sounds and stuff lit would be in there. Yeah. Um, they're kind of like, uh, to me anyway, like. Not like Papa, like kind of Papa Roach, Limp Biscuit ish. Like they, they all kind of like, ver, like vibe together for me. New metal. Yeah, yeah. It's like the the baby band songs that you always talk about, like the um, kind of the emo bands or whatever that you make fun of. It's like that for rock to me. They're like diet rock. Okay, because they because you remember they were the late nineties. So my own worst enemy, I think, was ninety seven. I want to guess 97, 98, probably 97. And you had blink 182 who was already out. Lit had already been around for a minute, you know? So, um, then you wasn't until the early two thousands where the pop punk genre really started to take off. Newfound glory, good Charlotte, the Ataris, authority zero, those types of bands, Flowbots, you know? So, then some of those bands are not what the radio made them out to be like Flowbots and authority zero, not what their radio songs are. They're totally different bands when you see them live. But anyway, that was big in the early two thousands in the, and not only the rock world, but the top 40 world, the top 40 sucked off the teat of this was the last time top 40 radio sucked off the teat of rock radio. The last time they did it. And will they ever do it again? I don't know, but they were, cherry picking these bands now it's not how that sounds like radio stations don't sit in a room and go we're gonna steal these bands for our radio station no 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 no. these bands knew that if they had this type of popularity they could go to top 40 that's what top 40 is pop music pop is short for popular and if they went there they'd make more money and get a bigger audience you know you start getting into that teen girl demographic you're set for really uh the rest of your life right so you're good to go um but that was you know those bands were crossover bands you know and then you started to get the papa roaches uh the pods and the limp biscuits you know so anyway nikki's soundtrack of her life yeah (laughs) like you know i I like to talk about these stories but I, i like a little feedback i mean you're just looking at me like can you not talk about something you know nothing about I can talk about something I know nothing about <clears throat> if it's general. I can't talk to you about your experience at this rock concert and the d- descriptions you're giving about. I don't know anything about these people. I wish you, you don't know Taylor. You know, like, I don't know Taylor. Well, I don't no, know no, no, like, no. I'm saying names because now I'm buddies with these guys, but I'm saying bands. Lit, Hoobastank. You've heard the reason. You're talking about the history of the bands and their music. You're not generally talking about your experience at the concert. So now you lose me when you go back to musical history of this band and that band. And I don't know that stuff. So uh, too, what do you want me to say? I'm too smart. That's what you're saying. You're too smart. I'm too smart. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I got you. So smart. All right. Too I'm glad smart. we could agree on that. 
like he's, it's like he's talking in general, and I don't, I don't have anything to say with his generalization. Yeah, I'm glad we could agree on that, too. I'm glad I brought it up as well. So, You're glad you brought it up? That I'm too smart for you right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nate, I'm sending you a picture. <laughs> okay. Of how of smart what? he is. Oh, just something totally random, but really funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. Okay. So, um, I just, okay. So drink specials for tomorrow night, they're going to be doing blood bags. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Jelly. Oh yeah. It's like those, um, like the drink bags, like the adult Capri Capri Suns. Yeah. But they're, they're probably the clear ones and they have like some kind of red drink in it. So it looks like you're drinking a IV of blood jelly syringe shots. Ooh, that's nice. Like jello shots in a syringe. Yeah, yeah. and other uh, drink specials. But that's cool. I didn't even think about that. Is to, like to have cool Halloween drinks for tomorrow night. Yeah. That's going to be fun. That's going to be cute. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't drink a lot, so. I don't drink Yeah, I got tennis the next day. I know, really. <laughs> well, I got to make sure everything goes well. Like, I'm, I'm like the babysitter. I got to make sure everything's straight like skull. So, you guys have a good time, you know. But I got to make, I got, I got, I got my... I got people working my merch tent and I got to make sure my daughter's not taking any money from me. (laughs) Make sure the clients are happy. I want to meet everybody. I'm going to go up to each and every person and shake their hand and thank them for being there. Literally, I'm going to go up to every single person and thank them because this is how much it means to, to me, to us, but me, especially like I'm, I am, I swear to, I'm, I'm going to make this fucking thing work. I'm so angry at the world right now and how things work. I am working for myself. And every day I wake up with this fire under my ass and I'm just determined to bet on me and what we can produce uh, versus having somebody else dictate it uh, to an audience that they think that they know. When I think, actually, I know, I know better. Because you're smart. So, because I'm smart and I know about lit and the history of Hoobastank, and you don't. <laughs> That's right. And he's friends with Taylor. And I'm friends with Taylor. And our day. Taylor, Taylor, Madison, and Madison. <laughs> the, the Madison. When's their law segment come on? <laughs> Taylor, Madison, and Madison. Uh, you like lit, Nate. Nate's like, That's right up your alley. Oh, yeah. I love lit, but I, I only know their one, that one song. What, miserable or My Own Worst Enemy? Or the American. Uh, my own worst enemy. I might even know the other ones. I just don't know them by the title, I think. But yeah, I love Hoobastank as well. Yeah, they were like my, I don't know, I guess, yeah, I would be high, late middle school, early high school for that. It's like, you make me, you make me come. Whoa. You make me Whoa, completely miserable. <laughs> no? That's Which was that? That's miserable. Oh. I mean, which band? Lit. Oh, I never heard that one. Yeah, you have. I just didn't do it justice at all. <laughs> it was really bad. You made it cringy. Yeah. You made it seem like one of the songs that should have been on the top three. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, well, that, that for, would have been canceled for lyrics. Oh, for, well, it's funny because, you know, he said before he sang it, he goes, who would have ever thought that radio would have, um, or they would have released that and radio would have played a song that says you make me come. <laughs> you know, obviously they're, you know, the, the, that punk world, they're trying to pull the wool over the man's eyes and they did it, you know? So it's, it's like, Oh, you dirty people. You're thinking the wrong type of come. We're thinking C O M E. 
Completely. Yeah, yeah that's what we're doing. It's come on. Yeah, come on. Anyway, all right. So that was my um, my last weekend. I just wanted to share with it. But uh, well, here's another thing that I wanted to bring up. So not so much at the Brett show, but at the Lit show, I noticed that uh, there were a lot of kids there, which I think is cool. I think it's cool when parents take their kids to concerts. I really do. I just don't remember boomers doing that to us Gen Xers. They wouldn't take, I don't, I don't remember boomers going to concerts, to be honest with you. Growing up, you know, when I started to go into, go, go to rock shows, you know, I went to my first show at 11. It was Frankie goes to Hollywood at the Capitol Center in DC because my neighbor had an extra ticket and he took me, I had no idea what I was doing. And then my first show on purpose that I went to was Huey Lewis in the News. I was in sixth grade and my mom drove us up to Fort Myers and dropped us off at the arena and we went in. You know, and then after that, everything just kind of fell. I think Poison, actually, and Slaughter was my next show when I was in high school. So, um, but I never remember the boomers, like my friend's parents, wouldn't necessarily be mine. My mother definitely never went to a concert, or if she did, says, hey, would you like to go with uh, me to go see, you know, The Who or something like that? Yeah, I don't remember that either. My dad never took me to a concert, but I've taken my daughter to a concert. Right, okay, but you're, uh, you're a Gen Xer, right? No, you're a millennial. Millennial. Okay. So any, but the younger generations, including myself, other than boomers, anything but boomers, we're all for taking kids to concerts. We've taken our kids to, Rach took Caleb years ago. You know, I, I couldn't make it because it was on a school night, but out to Lakewood on the other side of Atlanta to go see, I think it was like Green Day and, you know, and all those bands, you know, because Caleb really into that stuff. And, you know, all the kids around, you know, they're all dancing and stuff. And they thought that, Rachel was Caleb's girlfriend, which is weird <laughs> because Rachel looks so young, but she was having a blast. She was having fun because that's the relationship that we have with our kids. We've taken Ariel to concerts before. Uh, I've gone, you know, I go to the concerts with her, you know, well, because usually uh, I'm the one that's getting everything taken care of, but you know, so it's, it's, it's like, it's not one of those things where it has to alienate the people in the household. Right. And so I'm watching these Gen Xers and millennials with their kids and the guys in the bands were so cool, you know, and very appreciative because that's the next generation. I mean, if you can get to a seven year old and have them fall in love with your music at seven, can you imagine the marketing and how good that's going to keep for your legacy as a band moving forward? You know, for that kid to say my first concert was lit and the lead singer came down right in front of me as he was singing a song and he, and he, you know, he pounded me, you know, like he was doing, he was going around pounding all the kids Oh, that's neat. Yeah, isn't that cool? Like, because they were so close. Yeah, and and yeah. they and they wanted them all don't, up. There. Don't say that anywhere else, though. Why do we go around pounding kids? Well, you know what I mean. Like the knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Give them the knuckles. <laughs> Give them the knuckles. <laughs> yeah, no, I do think you're you're right on that observation. I think the only difference is millennials and Gen Xers will take them to like their concerts like somebody that the kids enjoy where our parents or the boomers or the older generation might have taken them to their concerts like in case in point with poison you know they, they weren't going to some taylor swift concert with their kids they're going to a band that they enjoyed maybe 10 20 years ago and that they liked yeah but we i believe are more open to the fact of going to a show whether it's something that we like or our kids like 
Totally. Our our parents were not open at all. They, you know, I'm not going to that noise. You know, you're not going. That's devil music. You know that 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 existed. Believe it or not, for those that weren't around at the time, that that still existed. Growing up, <clears throat> you know, I'm listening to Guns and Roses, like in Poison and Motley Crue, and this is you know the glam days and some of these bands. You know, um, my stepdads were you know, you know, gay slur this, and you know, guys wearing makeup with a bunch of you know this and. Like it was, it was pretty bad, right? They, they didn't want nothing to do with it. But you, like my stepfathers, I never, I never heard them listen to music. My second stepdad, all he listened to in the car is fucking Rush Limbaugh tapes. <laughs> my first stepfather, I don't ever remember him listening to music because they were so smart. That's why you're so smart. What? Because smart people don't listen to music. They watch news. They read books. They're making themselves smarter. No, well, they were they were smart. They were dumb in a lot of ways, but they were very smart. But everybody <laughs> likes music. Everybody has a band or an artist that they enjoy. No, they don't. Yeah, you just oh, gave yeah. us two examples of people that didn't listen to music. You, I, I just I don't remember. They have to have. <laughs> maybe they were closet listeners. I have no idea. <laughs> they snuck and listened to music. They, maybe when we weren't home, they were you know had big old speakers that they brought up. Everybody listens to me. Everybody has a favorite artist. <laughs> when you weren't at home, they took all their clothes off and danced around in their underwear to music. <laughs> yeah, they would go missing. They would go missing for two days out of each year, and that was because they went to go see their favorite band that was in town. <laughs> Get the stereophone out of the closet. Take your shirt off. <laughs> but you would agree, right? Every Everyone, I mean, over the age of 13 nowadays, everyone has a favorite artist or someone that they enjoy, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, and there's music is more widely distributed now, so there's more options. There's more availability. I don't know how many concerts there were back in the day, but I, I can only assume that there's more bands currently touring than there, there used to be. Yeah. I remember one of the coolest things my mother ever said to me about music is, I was listening to remember the Nelson. Well, you probably don't, but the the Nelson brothers, there two mm-hmm. really pretty pretty boy blonde guy. They they had one hit, I think it was some like rain, something about rain or something like that. Blame it on the rain. No, that was Millie. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I was the kind of guy that if a new CD came out at the record store, I'd buy it just because it was new and I had to have it. It was like collecting them. So I bought it and I'm in my room and I'm playing it and this and that. My mom walks in and she says, uh, I was in seventh seventh grade at the time. This has been like 88. Tell me when you, if you're looking that up, tell me what the name of the song was. Their biggest hit, Nelson Brothers. Wait, which, Nelson? Oh yeah, the, the band is just called Nelson. Nelson. Uh, Something Love rain. and Affect, Love, love and, and Affection. Love and Affection, Love is in love and affection. Yeah, love and affection, right? And it was kind of like an acoustic-y type of song that they did. And my mother walks in, and I'm listening to it in my bedroom by myself. And she goes, I like this. Who is this? She goes, finally, there's something that you're playing that I actually enjoy. You know, and, and you know, as a kid, you would purposely try to play music that your parents did not like. I mean, that was the whole being rebellious thing, especially for us Gen Xers. And I said, well, this is Nelson. She goes, Nelson, who's Nelson? I said, I don't know, two blonde haired guys. She goes, let me see. She looks at him. She goes, oh my God, that's Ricky Nelson's kids. (laughs) (laughs) I said, who's Ricky Nelson? I didn't know who Ricky Nelson was. And she goes, I had the biggest crush on Ricky Nelson. He was such a big rock star in my time and he died in a plane crash. And I'll never forget where I was. She tells me the story and how she was crying and my grandmother was there and this whole story. 
But that was a cool, like those little musical, like music brings people together, right? And as as minute as a story or situation as you might think that was, I still remember it like it was yesterday. I thought it was like the only musical sharing experience that I ever had with my mother. Right. And I learned something, you know, of course, so, cause you know, no internet. So of course the next day I'm with my Nelson CD and I'm like, Oh, these are Ricky's kids. Yeah. He died in a plague crash back in the day. Oh, <laughs> feel like I know shit <laughs> because my mother told me that now she could have been lying, which she wasn't, but she could have been lying. I would sound like an idiot, but they would have still believed me. Cause I was so confident that Ricky's kids. Yeah. He died back in the day. <laughs> now you do the same thing with your daughter. Willow. Oh, that's Will Smith's little, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> she whips her hair back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, so it was, a, it was a, it was a good weekend. And um, it was, I think the only other thing was at the, the theater. When we were watching the lit show, there was this guy, like, they're small theater seats, you know, they, they weren't the biggest of theater seats. You know, I think they're a little bit smaller than maybe possibly normal, but the guy next to me was a fairly large guy, not an older guy, but just, a, he was big. He wasn't like bulky, like muscle big, but he wasn't fat, fatty big. He was just a large guy. <laughs> and he kept sitting down and standing up and sitting down and standing up really fast. And then he would like kind of turn his head and he would look at me. And then he'd turn back around and he'd stand as a bald headed guy and he'd stand up and sit down and he'd sing and stand up and sit down. But he did it a lot. Like he was in like hyper church. He was on cocaine in church. You know, it's like, stand up, stand up, stand up, you know, cause it was one of those concerts where you would stand up most of the time, which sucks. I was hoping I was going to sit down because of my foot, but I was like, all right, so you're standing up and everybody's rocking out. But this guy stand up, sit 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 up. And every time he did it, he would bump me. You know, and then he'd look at me and just stare at me. And then he'd turn back around real quick. <laughs> Fucking weird, weird experience. Well, I'm glad I was better. It was better me than my wife. And I was like, God, that was just so odd. Very, very weird. All right. Uh, let's talk to our guest, shall we? Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, the usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. I want you to call my wife, but not for those reasons, you weirdo. I want you to call my wife, Rachel Guy, because you want to participate in this crazy market that's happening right now and take advantage of a house. She is the best at doing what she does, and that is a realtor with Keller Williams Atlanta North Office. Anybody that's dealt with my wife, and I know a lot of you two percenters have, uh, she's absolutely amazing. I can tell you firsthand, you know, if you're a first-time home buyer, she's going to walk you through it. If you've done this numerous times before, you might learn something. She's great. So if you're looking to buy or sell, call Rachel Guy because she's your guy. 404-797-4600. That's 404-797-4600. Let's keep it before 9 p.m. All right, some of you call fairly late. It's a little annoying. 
no offense, stress-free buying and selling in, like I said, this crazy nutso market. You can also shoot her an email. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. I am Rachel Guy at gmail.com. Sometimes it's tough finding the right tree service, like ones that'll give you a call back or ones that'll even show up. Cut and right tree service and more, they're going to do both. They're going to show up and they're going to call you back. 877-828-8846. You can also book online, cuttandright.com, C-U-T-T. I-N-R-I-G-H-T dot com. Female, veteran-owned, located and servicing all around Atlanta. And if you mention the BS, when you call, you get $100 off your job. Experience tree removal who care all about the details. Customer satisfaction guaranteed, 877-828-8846. That's 877-8-CUTTIN. CUTTINRIGHT.com. And back to you, Jason. We've talked so much about Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix. And now we get somebody that was in the show. But it's not just anybody that was in the show. This woman is Hollywood royalty. She really, really is. Um, Because everybody has seen the Waltons, right? Back in the day, it was the last of pure television. And uh, she was Olivia Walton. You know, good night, John boy. I mean, she she was there, uh, but she she plays the grandmother. She plays Dahmer's grandmother in this. Michael learned. Michael, how are you? Well, I'm I'm holding up. I'm pretty good. <laughs> You're holding up. Um, yeah, I'm rolling along. Yeah, this. Uh, yes, uh, I'm, I I you know what people don't realize. I think this grandmother did not teach him everything he knows. This grandmother did not know what he was up to, which I find very interesting because how do you not know somebody's chopping up bodies in your basement? <laughs> that's what that's what we said a million times. So when you took this role, yeah. which, which is kind of, you know, far, far from, you know, Nurse or Olivia, you know, Walton and those kinds of things. But when you take this role, did you at any time while filming go to the director and say, look, there's nobody that's this stupid. There's no way this is real. <laughs> no, I didn't. And I, there was a scene, and I think they cut it. I, I, I can't remember. I mean, I watched my episodes, but not all of them. And, um, you know, there was one scene that we shot where he's dragging this heavy, big, black garbage bag up the stairs from the basement mm-hmm. and, and dragging it through the kitchen. And, and, my, and Grandma Catherine says... What's in that bag, Jeffrey? And I, I figured that's going to get a huge laugh. So <laughs> I think they cut it out. I'm not sure. No, they, they, they you know, I, I think, um, they, I think they cut out maybe the whole scene, but there was a scene when he was dragging something out, and you know, and he's like, "Geez, Graham, it's you know, it's for my projects." And Grandma just like, "Like, gosh, don't yeah. you know?" He plays that. Yeah, movie. well, maybe that's the same scene. I. But it just does seem hard not to. I know if it were me and I was having these, it's a very strong odor, a a dead body. Any dead body, even the dead body of a rat is is very noticeable. And if that were going on in my basement, I would not stand at the top top of the stairs and say, what's going on? I would go down and investigate for sure. But she didn't for some reason. I don't know if she just 
didn't want to know, or which makes it kind of an interesting thing character to play. Yeah, well, in a huge role in the story um, uh, of telling the story of Dahmer and the people around him, you know, his father, played by the great Richard Jenkins, was also oblivious to everything, uh, allegedly, you know, supposedly, Absolutely. you know, and w- whether that's real or not. Now, Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, Michael, you're a part of, you know, a top 10 Netflix show and has become Netflix's ninth most popular television show of all time with almost 500 million hours viewed. If you compare that to some of the things that you've done in your career, let's just take the Waltons, which was a huge show on CBS for a number of years. This streaming world, um, is it shocking to you being in the business and watching it evolve and transition? Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not quite sure what 500 million hours means. What does it mean? So it would be the equivalent to... Does it mean 500 million people or does it mean 500 million hits? Or I'm not sure what, it's sort of a technical term that I'm, I'm not familiar with. So would you explain it to me, please? <laughs> well, it would, it would mean that 500 million hours of runtime for Dahmer, the monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, no matter if there is one person watching it or 10 people watching it, as long as that show is on someone's television being streamed on Netflix, 496.05 million hours have been viewed. That's a lot in just a couple weeks. It is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're part of a big deal. Well, Ryan Murphy hits another one, you know, out of the park. (laughs) He's... He's an amazing man, and I don't know how he ha- handles it, just one hit after another, but he seems to do it, and it's very, you know, he comes on the set, I didn't even know who he was, just this very quiet, nice person, and um, somebody said, yeah, that's Ryan Murphy, and so I went up and gave him a hug, because I felt like I'd known him all my life, because we have mutual friends who, um, Sarah Paulson, who, who starred in, uh, Sarah Paulson, who starred in uh, Nurse Ratched, was an understudy in a show that I did in, in New York, and um, he made a star out of her. Mm-hmm. He just, he's, he's not afraid to use people who aren't well-known, and I, I really respect that in a producer. Well, what about the rest of the cast? <laughs> I, I didn't even know it was Molly Ringwald until, you know, a couple... I think I had to research it or somebody told me I had no idea she's she's playing you know the the second the second mom um uh, of Jeffrey Dahmer Evan Peters which you know is a fan I think he's a great actor too but you know and Richard Jenkins of course but a lot of these actors and actresses I'm I'm assuming were fans of yours right and 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 very happy to work with you and they told you that right well, I was, I'm certainly a fan of Richard Jenkins, and, um, you know, I didn't know who Evan Peters was, and when I saw his work, and I thought, this is a great actor, this isn't just a good actor, this is a great actor, because he's the nicest person you'd ever want to work with, and um, and then he turns into this creepy kind of guy, but, but you know, you don't feel him acting, he just becomes that character and uh, I, I I was filled with respect for him and I think 
he consciously kind of keeps his image down. I mean, he, he's not out there calling his agent every five minutes. He's just a really nice guy and made a point of coming to say goodbye to me when mm. on my last day. Um, when he's in every single scene, I, I was very moved by that. I thought that was really nice manners on his part. Did he? Did, so I had a good time despite the subject matter. <laughs> did he stay in character? You did know, it, it seems character? seems like a role that you would get an actor that twenty four seven stays in that character. Did Evan Peters do that? No, no. So he was able, which to which I also like. You no, know, I. You could talk to him before shooting a scene, and I always try to give the other actor in case they are preparing. You know, um, I always try to. I, sh- I shut up, you know, a few minutes before they're actually ready to shoot. But um, but he was absolutely um, easygoing and never made a, never said, no, I got to do a retake on that. He, he just t- total pro and a really nice guy. And the crew was fabulous, too. Yeah. Were you familiar with? It was with- a happy shoot. Believe it or not. <laughs> were, you, were you familiar with, uh, you know, the whole story of Jeffrey Dahmer or just the bits and pieces? Before this, oh, I was yeah, bits and pieces, I guess, because it was certainly a huge story when it all happened, and I was, uh, I think, I was here in L.A. uh, shooting the Waltons, or maybe by then I was doing Nurse in New York. I'm not sure, but um, you know, everybody knew knew his name and knew the. I don't think I knew quite that he was that he cooked his victims and ate them. I mean, that is just killing them is beyond, and then cooking and eating them is so sick that I, I think most of us can't even imagine it. Now, and, and the cons- yeah. a consensus of this show, and we've had conversations about this numerous times, is, you know, you it, it's weird, but the way that the show is done and shot and, and portrayed and delivered, you people are finding ways to kind of feel bad for Jeffrey Dahmer he became this monster because, you know, we're all products of our upbringing. Um, but you're like, you go, the reason he is this way is because of other people. And there's this sympathy for him, this empathy for him. Did you get that after you watched the whole thing? Or maybe you haven't seen the whole thing, but that's what other people are saying. Well, yeah, I think that's Peter Evans. Uh, Evan Peters, I always, I'm always terrified I'm going to do that. Uh, Evan... Evan is just such a good actor that he brings that to the role. When I saw the uh, interviews with the real Jeffrey Dahmer, he was not a likable character. He was um, cold, detached, talked about killing people as if he were talking about getting a manicure, you know. I mean, he was just, um, he was chilling, really. Mm. Um, But I think Evan manages to kind of make him more more vulnerable i guess uh, i i've often said you know a lot of kids have had mothers who were on pills and parents who got divorced and they don't turn into serial killers and in one of the interviews i saw with jeffrey dahmer he said i i don't know what made me do those, those things uh, he said i think and i'm quoting him i think there must be some kind of bad wiring in my brain yeah they had that in the show too they they recreated that same message of him saying that to his father i think when uh it was all said and and said and done in in the interrogation room and whatnot nate do you have a question for michael 
Yeah, Michael, I actually had a question about the Waltons. Um, cause I know it was on for like nine seasons and you left after seven as Olivia. Um, was there, did you just want to move on or, um, or were you like hired on as a, a different show or something like that? Well, I did, I did do nurse. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I did want to move on. I, it was a very mixed bag for me because they, they, they worked really hard to try to give Olivia something to do other than iron and ask for pass the salt, please, and time for bed kids, you know. They really, uh, the, I applaud the writers for, for, for really trying to give me something to sink my teeth into. But after about the eighth season, I thought there's not, there's not much they can find to write for. for. I mean, they, they got me through menopause, and then what? <laughs> I mean, it was kind of a dot, dot, dot. And um, I thought it was time to move on, so I left the show. And um, rather than feeling relieved, I woke up crying. I had a nightmare that they were taking the yearly photograph of the family, and uh, they wouldn't let me be in it. And I woke up sobbing, just sobbing, because I'm, I'm so dearly fond of all the people in the cast. A 50 year, We're very close to this day. It's a 50-year the fifty year reunion, right? The anniversary of the Waltons coming up or now, right? Yes. Yeah. We have the best time when we get together. We just, we're incorrigible. I mean, we giggle and laugh, and Eric Scott tells these horrible jokes and puns and things. And <laughs> we, just get, we just have such a good time. I, I don't think the audience has as good a time as we do, you know? You know the old thing when you're on stage, if the actor enjoys his work too much, it turns the audience off. Yeah, there there wasn't so, there wasn't any drama that. on the set, was there? I mean, there was no stories of, you know, cast members not getting along, and you guys were like le- legit, uh, like a family. Yeah, we were. We got along pretty well. I I think Ralph and I had a spat once, and uh, and I mean just a disagreement about something. I can't remember what it was, but I remember that when they called us on the set. I knocked on his trailer door, and I, I was crying, and I said, Ralph, we have to make up because I can't shoot a scene if I'm still mad at you. So, you know, it was that kind. If we had a spat, it was a really minor one. Yeah. The worst time was when Helen Helen got upset, and, I mean, Ellen got upset and um, locked herself in her dressing room. That was the hardest time because she... She wouldn't come out, and everybody was trying to get her to come out. And finally, I got her to open the door, and her lips were blue, and she was shaking. And the air conditioner had been on in that tiny little cubicle, and she was freezing to death. So luckily, I got the prop man to bring blankets and a shot of whiskey, and uh, they sent her home. But that was this, and and shortly thereafter, she had her stroke. So I don't know if it contributed to her stroke or not, but... That was kind of the biggest drama that we had on the on the show was Ellen, and then Ellen having the stroke, of course. In in real life, did you ever, before you went to bed, scream around the house, "Good night to everybody, good night, John Boy, good night, Jim Bob"? Not once. Not once. We did. I, I got to tell you, as a kid, no. we we did it, we, we did it no. all we did it all the I time. I did once. I went to. You know what Alanon is? Alanon. Do you know what Alanon is? No, I do not. Alanon is a is a uh, group of people who who have al- who have alcoholic members of a family or friends or something. Okay. It's, it's it's a support group for families or me- or friends of of alcoholics or drug addicts. And 
I went to a five-day Al-Anon program where you stayed for five days, and uh, we were all, I was sharing a room with another woman, and um, we were all getting ready for bed, and I suddenly heard, good night, Carol, good night, Nancy, good night, <laughs> Becky, and on the, on the um, you know, they were all saying good night, and I had to get up and say good night, everybody. <laughs> it was cool. It was fun. We, like, as a kid, I remember, you know, if my cousins would stay over, you know, even five or six people would be like, good night, Jeff, good night, Danny, good night, Jason. And then the joke is at yeah. the end, good night. I love that. that. Isn't that wonderful that Earl Hamner created that? Yeah. And that it's something people will remember. Yeah. Good night, John Boy. That was the. But the thing is, is that did, I like it, that. did, did anyone ever bring up to you that the level of the voices for the good nights were always the same, which is virtually impossible because there's a different distance for every person in the house? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. We all stood around the microphone, you know, <laughs> somewhere in the midst of each episode. And we would. It, so each time it was different. But um, we all just stood around and read our goodnights to each other. And it was comforting. There were times when I was, I was going through a big turmoil in my own life. And uh, just to sit on the porch, even though it was a fake facade, it was just a facade of the house, to sit there with, with Ellen and Shell Peas, and we'd just be talking between takes. And it was very, very comforting to me, too. Well, it's comforting to a lot of people. You know, the Waltons were, you know, this is, I don't really, I couldn't really name a television show probably in the last 10, 15, 20 years, but, you know, the Waltons was a show, and there were a few different shows very similar, that you actually felt like you were a part of the family, or you wanted to be a part of the family, or you could relate to someone in the family, which drew you in even closer and helped shape your childhood because of a television show. I mean, that's how big of a show it was. That's wonderful. Isn't it wonderful? I mean, for me to hear that makes me feel actually very humble wow. well, and great, grateful that I was part of it. I complained a lot at the time because I had kids at home and the hours were very long, long, long hours. And, um, but, you know, it, it turned my life around. Well, I'll tell you, every way. I turned out to be a great person because of the Waltons. Now, Nikki on the show here has never seen the Waltons, which is why she turned out the way she turned out. A great person still. Yeah. Oh, Mickey. <laughs> yes. Okay, Mickey, you and I will have lunch. I'll straighten you out. Oh, that's good. I'm not opposed to having lunch. I do have a, a question um, about the, the Dahmer set. I've heard you say some things about it. And I'm not sure if you've seen some of the um, posts and things on social media. People, a lot of people are saying watching the show, they felt like a demonic presence and they had to shut it off. When you were actually on set or filming, did you ever feel that way? When I was filming the Dahmer show, right. you're talking? Mm -hmm. uh, no, I didn't, because none of my scenes had any violence in them. Um, okay. It was just grandma and grandson. Okay. So I didn't feel, you know, in any way kind of creeped out, but I was just grateful for the job, frankly. <laughs> you know, you get to be old like me, you don't get to work that much. So I was really delighted to be working, and, and Evan is such a generous actor. He, 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 was, he was easy to love, even though he was dragging body parts through the kitchen. 
<laughs> well, you, I think I think you're shining one of your shining moments, but as far as a character uh, defining moment in in Dahmer the monster, uh, Dahmer monster, Jeffrey Dahmer story, uh, was the scene where you finally had enough with the late night shenanigans, and you come downstairs as he's already drugged the guy, and you say, "I'm not going anywhere. I'm yeah. going to make sure he gets home." That was. I think that was that was that was a change in the whole show, the whole life, the whole thing. Uh, and you did such a great job, by the way. Well, thank you, thank you very much. I I, I think uh, that indicates to me that on some level, she knew whether she wanted to know it or not. She, on some level, she knew that whatever he was doing was not right. Yeah, I think. Of course, so she too. was very religious, so she didn't. Feel the homosexual. She was very judgmental of homosexuality, unfortunately, and um, but she knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think same with the dad too, uh, and to an extent, the the wives, you know, the, the mom and the second wife. Brandon, do you have a question for Michael? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, first, I looked it up, yeah. and uh, Dahmer is the thirteenth most watched Netflix show of all time. So that's pretty cool. Top fifteen. Um, are you working on any other projects or any other prospects? Anyone called you and they said, like, damn, I want her to be my grandma now. (laughs) (laughs) No, nobody's called at all. Um, I'm supposed to, I was supposed to go to Canada and do, um, on Golden Pond, but I fell and broke my wrist. And so I have some theater projects. Um, there's a nice theater in uh, Pennsylvania called the Totem Pole. I may go there and do on Golden Pond. I haven't really um, said yes yet, but I loved. I worked there once before, so I'm still a theater rat. You know, I'll go anywhere and do a play. I love that. Is, are you talking about the theater production of On Golden Pond? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you would play Catherine Hepburn, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a great, what a great movie. We try not to play her, but yeah, she was wonderful in it. I mean, God, what an actress she was. I, I don't think I have too many actors or actresses that I have a crush on, but I did on her. I, I, I've always been enamored of her work. Well, how do you... How totally do you, committed. How do you crash the wooden boat on stage? That scene always drove me nuts. I don't know. You just have to make it your own some, somehow. <laughs> and, of course, it also matters. I was supposed to do it with Hal Lydon, and I was looking forward to that. Uh, but I fell and broke my wrist, and he had some uh, health issues, so it, it didn't happen, but... It's never too late. What, did you break your wrist? Another skateboarding incident? <laughs> I wish. No, I broke it trying to get into a pair of blue jeans. Can you imagine? Oh, no. You, um, luckily, you, I didn't crack my head open. Yeah. Wait, did you fall over or what? Yeah. You oh. know how you hop on one leg to put your the other leg in the pant in the one one pant leg sure. so you're hopping around like and I, I keep forgetting I'm an old person I keep thinking I'm you know still 30 or 40 years old <laughs> and um, down I went and crash bang boom and tried to break my fall with my wrist I guess well if it makes you feel Ow, if you make cat, you... I've got a cat hanging on to me with her paws and biting the hell out of my hand <laughs> hey kitty knock it off hey that's too hard <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, chewing on me. I don't know why. My my mother. I wish I could show you. If if it makes you feel any better, Michael, my mother's seventy six and she tripped over a curb at the grocery store not that long ago and busted out all of her front teeth. Oh, your poor mom! Oh my god! Yeah, well, well, that's horrible. Yeah, real bad. My sympathy. 
So before I let you go, I want to ask yeah. you, I want to ask you this about the Waltons. Um, it was such a pure television show. A lot of that doesn't exist, and there's a, generations that don't know what it is and don't care to even experience pure TV, where you watch right. a show, learn a lesson, and feel good when it's said and done. Um, can you name another show during that time or after the Waltons that was a pure television show like that? Well, Little House on the Prairie, I think. Yeah. But I don't think that would have gotten made if it hadn't been for the Waltons because the television was it was mostly musicals and um, um, Flip Wilson was opposite us and um, and John said, and you, my husband just said, and you put him out of business, which I don't feel good about. But, um, you know, I, I think it did turn, it made it possible, our show made it possible for Little House on the Prairie, in a way, because uh, I think every, I, I really think CBS wanted to bury it. Um, and it was, everybody was shocked and amazed that it did so well. Well, even Little House on the Prairie started to push the envelopes. I mean, you know, you had the the drug yeah. e- the drug episode. You had you know some questionable love interest episodes and stuff. And that that kind of stuff was never you never dug into that really on the Waltons. No, I think there was one show where an old flame comes to visit one of Olivia's old bows, um, but the, but it was absolutely pure and chaste. <laughs> right. You could not have a, yeah. Olivia even flirt really but no but i tried to get away with a little bit of flirting well who who knew you know 30 40 years ago that olivia walton would be jeffrey dahmer's grandmother i mean nobody saw it coming (laughs) no it is it is a stretch isn't it (laughs) how 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 you how your daughter produced such a horrible son we never heard good night john boy good night dahmer we never heard that at the end of the waltons i'll tell you that no. <laughs> All right. We'll let you no, go. No, but I do think his grandma loved him. Without a doubt. Loved him so much she was blind to what he was doing. Exactly. Denial. And, Denial and, works sometimes, unfortunately. And if that, if there were a lesson to take from the show, uh, I think denial, um, you know, which is part of what we all go through post-death of someone, but when you deny something from somebody you love so much, you're actually handicapping them. And in this case, you you know killed a lot of people because you denied the fact that there was something wrong with your grandson, or in Richard Jenkins' case, his son. Uh, so there's an interesting lesson to learn if you take it from it. We have a grandson living with us at the moment. He's 28 years old. He's absolutely gorgeous and sweet, and he cooks. He's a fabulous cook. Um, you know, if somebody came to me and said, you know, when he's not here, or said to me, you just ate a sandwich that um, is a human being's liver in it, um, I, I, I honestly wouldn't, I would not be capable of believing it. I wouldn't be capable, I could not, be, I wouldn't believe it. Right. I can understand how she couldn't believe that anything was going on that wasn't right. Well, if your grandson, your real-life grandson, late at night starts bringing over strange men and dragging black garbage bags, you, you might want to call somebody. <laughs> yes, I will definitely. I won't say what's in that bag. I'll say open the damn bag. <laughs> All right. The uh, iconic and uh, just lovely Michael Learn. Thank you so much. You did such a fantastic job. Thank you for giving me 
that pure joy of the Waltons and amazing acting in uh, Dahmer, uh, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Thanks for the time. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was nice talking to y'all. To y'all. To y'all. Y'all. Good night. Good night. Good night, Olivia. Good night, Michael. Good night, Olivia. Good night. (laughs) Good night, Brendan. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Take care. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross Georgia showroom location. Let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters UCI, the word granite.com. Look, I know what it's like to start up a small business and run a small business. That's what this is. What can you do to take the next step? Create Graphics can help you out with that. They're a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, and they've got some really good ones in-house. Wide format printing and graphic installation. Specializing, again, in vehicle wraps, corporate events, interior and exterior events, graphic design, and apparel. A lot of the stuff of the BS Podcast, if not all the stuff, comes from Create Graphics. CreateGraphics.net. That's C-R-E-A-T-E. G-R-A-P-H-I-X dot net or 770-369-9962. That's 770-369-9962. Serving Metro Atlanta and shipping worldwide. Create graphics. They definitely know what they're doing. Excellent customer service and communication in every project. will get a one-on-one experience from start to finish. Again, create graphics with an X dot net. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. Have you ever noticed that those that hunt love to post pictures of them with their dead deer and straddling their neck as blood drips from the deer's mouth and them or their kids are straddling the animal and they're grabbing by the horns or, or antlers or whatever the fuck they are but you never ever see those same people post pictures of them cooking the meat I've never seen it yeah yeah that's true I was, I was thinking about it the other day, somebody on my feed, you know, I, I have no problem if you're a hunter. It's, you do what you got to do. It's not my thing, but, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, I, I can't stand when you post the pictures of you and the animal. It's like, I, and then the kids, I think it's just dumb. But um, there's somebody that posted some pictures of them going hunting. 
And I was surprised because they don't strike me as hunters. And I think I have a few people in my, my network, my feed, that force themselves to be, you know, feel like they've got to go out there and they've got to be the, the hunter guys. You know, they're, they're like, look at me, you know, just for Facebook purposes. I don't even know if they go out. They might just put on the outfits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just go. They go to Bass Pro Shop and take a yeah. picture with uh, a deer that's hanging on the wall. Shot this ten point buck myself. Maybe that's the gimmick. Is like none of these people are real hunters. They just put, they just they stage the pictures and they put them on because you never yeah. see them. Like posting pictures of cooking is a is, is is a big deal. I would say bigger and more popular than posting pictures of you shooting this poor deer with blood hanging from its mouth. One of my Facebook friends just always posts pictures or videos of him in the woods with the outfit on. I've never even seen an animal. <laughs> never. Yeah. Or a gun. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like a selfie and they're in all camo up in a tree. I wa- up, up, up early. Yeah. I, I wonder how many of those pictures, now that we're talking about this, are, are kind of phony baloney. You know, do you think every single one of them is out there sitting in a... You know, a stand in the tree and waiting and like I know Jeremiah fucking sample, for example. I know that guy goes out there and I know that guy sits out there quietly, patiently, he has a big dip in his mouth and he just waits for the deer and he has his kids and they blow it away. And I, I know he's the real deal. And I know he cooks the meal because he he tries to always bring me over venison jerky. And I'm Ooh, like, I love that. You should get it the next time he offers it. That's the best tasting jerky you're going to have is deer jerky. Is it? The yeah. best tasting. Yeah. Today. So good. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Why is it? Why is it? Why is it so good? I don't know. Maybe because of the the cut of meat, but it's the best jerky I eat. I, the tender is yeah. tender. You can eat it. it. It's not hard and. Huh. It's not made out of cow buttholes. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Yeah, I, I've had venison a few times. It's always been too gamey for me. It's um, you know, but I like lamb, and lamb is fairly can be fairly gamey if not cooked properly. Um, so I don't know, but anyway, I just thought it was funny. Like you never see him. Like, why wouldn't you post like afterwards? Why wouldn't you post pictures of, you know, showing how you're cooking it or recipe and, you know, putting it on the grill or however the fuck you cook venison. I don't even know how you cook it, but yeah, nobody. Yeah. I, I want to see, like, see that zero pictures. Yeah. I want to see that too. I'd rather see that <laughs> than the, the damn dead. I get it. The animal's dead. I understand. I totally got it. You shot it. Yeah. You're such a man. Yeah. You're cool. He, or you, you found you it on the side of the road. Yeah, or you found it. Yeah, right. Road. That's what I was saying. You, you killed the same animal my grandma did with her van on accident. Um, that's that's cool. But I want to see the the meat and the the deer steak and all the stuff that that I probably don't know how to do. Um, that'd be cool. That's what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start putting a, um, a a camouflage jacket in my car. Just leave it in there. Next time I see a deer on the side of the road, I'm just going to jump off. And take a selfie with it and post it. That's so nasty. And just see the reaction of the internet. (laughs) (laughs) No, we need to get a a dead deer, stuff it, and but put it in one of those poses with like the blood hanging out of his mouth, and then just charge hunters to come up and take a picture with it. Yeah, you don't have to waste money on bullets. You don't have to spend time out there, and you know, with your purchase of picture, you get uh, four deer steaks, you know, for dinner. So you got you got some venison or some Mm. deer jerky. We'll just, have Jeremiah, yeah. we'll just have Jeremiah fucking sample go out there and kill all the deers. Like some of these people, you know, we talked about this on the radio show a couple years ago, but it's a thing to go into neighborhoods if you get permission and go hunting deer in fucking neighborhoods. That to me sounds like you're cheating. Like these deer, yeah, we, these, uh, these deer are going in the neighborhoods going, I'm safe. 
And now you're rolling around in your little Toyota 4x4 on the back looking like a damn Saudi terrorist blowing them away on Mills Avenue? I mean, that sucks. Yeah, we talked to that guy in Atlanta that does that. He has like a YouTube channel. I don't know if you remember Nikki. Um, and he, it was, I think it's called like urban hunting or something like that. And they, yeah, they go into people's backyards and, uh, and kill the deer, I guess. I think I do remember that. That's crazy. We got some big ass deer in our neighborhood, you know, and I'll sit there and I'll stop and I'll just stare at them and look at them and I'm like going, you know, maybe I'm a pussy. I don't know, but I'm going, how the fuck could you sit there and look at that animal with your gun? Knowing damn well, you can go to the Kroger and just buy something already, already cooked and or dead, you know, and, and shoot the damn deer. Like it, know, it bothers sad. me. The damn thing is so cute and sweet, <clears throat> but you know, the hunter's like, you pussy. Yeah, I get it. I'm a pussy. <laughs> yeah. I'm a pussy. I am. I am. I'm a pussy. I admit it. You watch Bambi. Yeah, You're done. It's just, it's very sad. They're very, they're such sweet animals, but I guess the argument is they're overpopulated. They did it. They eat my flowers and they do this. And I was like, well, you, human beings are overpopulated too. <laughs> maybe that's why this, maybe the psychos have got it right in this, in this world, right? They're the ones that are going out there killing people or like, just like deer season. It's, it's people season. You gotta get too many people. Uh, you gotta get rid of them. There was a guy in Cleveland, this 58 year old. Hold on. I got the audio for this too. This is creepy. Um, yeah, here it is. Yeah, so this 58-year-old guy in Cleveland was arrested after he got drunk and he left two voicemails for a hitman trying to hire, <laughs> yeah, trying to hire, and have you seen this story? I have. <laughs> trying to hire him and kill his son. So he called the wrong number. It, 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 someone at the business in Ohio called the cops this month and they checked their company voicemail and this they discovered, so not only did he call the wrong number, but he left a voicemail. Like, he didn't even talk to anybody. That's how stupid this guy is. <laughs> what an idiot. Discovered two messages that seemed suspicious. They were from 58-year-old, uh, this guy in Cleveland named Desmond Ramsey, who dialed the wrong number while trying to hire this hitman. The number he called was one digit off from the number he meant to dial, which means that they found out the real number he was supposed to call, and they probably busted, they busted the hit, real hitman. He <laughs> called three separate times, left two voicemails, and talked about putting a $5,000 hit on someone. And that someone was actually his kid, his son. So cops tracked this dude down. He admitted it. He said he and his son recently got into this big argument. He made the calls after having too much to drink. Uh, they charged him with complicit, complicity to commit cr- uh, murder, and his bond was set at $500,000. He's due to be arraigned sometime. Uh, he's already been arraigned, actually. So uh, you you really have to hate your son. $5,000. Yeah. Like, don't you feel a little guilty? Like it's still your son. You might not like your son. You want to kill your son, but you're going, he's only worth $5,000. Did you at least yeah, have that, some type of insurance policy out on him? That's what I want to know. Like, what were you going to get from this? I think you just wanted him dead because of the <laughs> argument. I want to know what the argument was about. You know, they don't yeah. Tell you and how do you find a hitman? That's another great question. I mean, you see the shows on TV where, you know, it's always the undercover cop that, that gets them. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess just to ask around, you know, somebody in a gang. But that's the problem. That's the, like, I feel like they always get caught because you ask the, the wrong person that doesn't want to do it. Now there's somebody out there that knows that you're trying to kill someone. So you have five or six people, then it's like, yeah, fucking Daryl's trying to kill his son over here. <laughs> And if the cops are coming after, somebody's going to know something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in those shows, that's what they always do. They they talk to somebody else. Like, it was like the trainer at the gym or something. And it's like, oh, yeah, he was talking about killing his wife the other week. Like, why the fuck didn't you call it in? Come on. I guess when you're in that situation after you do it or when you want to do it, 
you feel like you have a mission and you can trust everybody. When it's the total opposite, by the way. You yeah. got to be out of your mind. He's crazy. Yeah, like that movie. And of course, you don't blame it on alcohol. Well, I believe he was drunk, but it's not, it's no excuse. Did he sound drunk? Uh, I don't know. Here. Is it though? Like, what what is the line? Because you can you can threaten to kill somebody on Facebook. They're, you're not going to get arrested for it because um, you can say you're joking or it was in jest or whatever. Like, how, where's the line where they actually think you're going to kill somebody? I guess when when you leave a voicemail for a hitman <laughs> <laughs> and offer money. Yeah, yeah. So, so here here's the voicemail, and it's it's interrupted by. Uh, a, a cop, this uh, Captain Gerald Vogel. So he's in this voice. He he, he cuts in in the voicemail just to explain to you what uh what's going on. It's time. My son's name is. It's a five grand hit on. It sounded like somebody was trying to hire somebody to hurt somebody, another person. I don't give a where he at or what he doing or who he with. Kill that. He did admit that it was him on the phone. And he did try to call somebody, was trying to set up actually hurting his own son. He said it was alcohol-fueled, and uh, they had an argument, and he blamed it on alcohol problems. <laughs> he laughs at it. <laughs> 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 Blame it on a, What kind of argument could you possibly have with someone that you're going to put a hit out on? I mean, like, especially your son. Like, I'm picturing that they live in a trailer. They're watching a football game. They're arguing about what college the quarterback went to. None of them, neither one of them decided to go to Google because they don't know how to work a phone. And they're arguing, talking about who was better in high school football. You know, it's one of those, like, kind of just pointless arguments that trashy drunks have. And that's what they're arguing about. And he's like, fuck this. I know a hitman. And he's got five grand. I don't even think the guy's five grand. No. And who's doing it? I mean, they do do it. Like you see it in some of these shows. They're they're knocking off people for like $7,000. It's going to get you through like a month. <laughs> you know, like that's not enough to murder someone and risk your freedom. What's your going right, Nate? Ooh, I don't know. Am I getting away with it? Yeah. Well, of uh, course, you always think you're going to get away with it. I mean, I can't promise you, but for right now you are. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if I'm going to risk getting caught, I'm not doing it for, like, seven, five, seven grand. Uh, God, I don't know. It would have to be, like, set me up for life because you're risking your life. Um, so it would have to be, like, a million dollars or more. million dollars or more, yeah. Nikki? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I want, like, 1.7 mil. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, I agree. It has to be an amount of money that you'll be – like you can go somewhere and do whatever you want. And I can disappear if the cops are on to me. Right. Seven grand's not going to get you far. No. <laughs> no, not at all. You can't even get fake IDs, probably. But but who's the like? What do hitmen charge? I mean, like the low budget hitman, you can get a murderer. You know, a guy in your neighborhood that's just needs money for drugs and is willing to kill somebody. And I'm I'm assuming people would be more willing to kill somebody they don't know than somebody they do know if they got a a drug addiction, that's what you find, right? And you're offering them five grand? Well, that's a lot of fucking drugs. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I would think they would do it for, yeah, I guess if you have some kind of addiction, you probably do that. Or if you're just, you know, hard up for money. But, God, it doesn't seem like it's uh, worth the risk. Can you imagine being someone knowing, being the person that knowingly has a hit on them? No. Yeah, I mean, that would, I, I couldn't sleep. President of the United States gets death threats every day. We don't hear about them. 
but they get death threats every single day. You'd be so paranoid. Your anxiety would be through the roof, oh, like I, looking over your back all the time. I, I, I couldn't do it. It, it would, it would drive, drive me nuts. I mean, I've had circumstances in my career where I've been stalked. I've been threatened. Oh. Um, you know, <laughs> people have come after me and it's just, it weighs on you after a while until the problem gets resolved. I was telling my friend about your stalker story a couple of weeks ago. Why? Because it affected me. The stalker? Well, the reason why I was telling the story is because I was telling somebody about how you are a very honest person. And I was telling them about how even in one of your darkest moments, and I was being helpful to you, you still told me that my breath stank. And they were like, <laughs> "What? well, what happened? I'm like, well, this guy was stalking him, and he was hiding out. And they're like, wow, what guys? And I had to tell the whole story when I was just trying to say, you know, he's honest. And he told me my breath was stinking. <laughs> and I was helping him. Did, did you throw in the part where the guy, the, the old guy that I work with got jealous, and he was like, he's stalking me too. He's, he's, he's my stalker. He's not yours. I'm being stalked. I'll never forget that. He's like, I got a stalker. No. And then then you you get put in a situation where you're going, do you argue with the guy about who stalker is? (laughs) No, he's my stalker. (laughs) Like, okay, dude, he's your stalker. If that makes you feel cool. (laughs) I really wish you were your stalker. You can fucking have him. Like, I couldn't admit that the guy was there looking for me. Exactly. Like, he's there for me. <laughs> I, I, thank God I know people. <laughs> Fucking tool. The biggest tool I've ever known. <laughs> what a, just a tool. Uh, yeah, so that would, that would, that would, that would, that suck. And I don't know if you can patch that up afterwards, right? Like, if your dad, you know, let's say he bonds out 500,000, you got to post 50K. Uh, which I don't think they have, but let's just say they do for conversation's sake. And he walks in, and again, I'm in my head. I'm picturing that the, the father son live together in a piece of shit, you know, M and M trailer from Eight Mile kind of thing. And walks in and goes, yeah, "Son, I'm sorry, man. You know, drinking's just gotten too much to me. I really didn't want you dead for five thousand dollars. Like, how do you forgive somebody for putting a hit out on you? I don't think you can. Yeah, I don't think. Well, I don't know. Maybe family would be. It's not going to be easy regardless, but I think family would be easier because uh, other people you just cut out of your life. But, yeah, there, there's not really any coming back from that. I don't know. I think Miss Sweetie Pie would disagree with you all because her son put a hit out on her grandson and had him murdered. Who's Miss Sweetie Pie? She's a real famous uh, TV personality. She had a TV show, I think, on Bravo or something. This is going back but- to that lit conversation. <laughs> Uh, this is her uh, spiritual mother. Yeah. I have no fucking idea who Miss Sweetie Pie is. But um, the scenario happened where it was family. She, she Now her son's in prison for the rest of his life. Her grandson's dead. Who does she forgive? Nobody. Hold on, start over again. So the, the, the Miss Sweetie Pie is the grandmother. Is the grandmother. And the hit was put out on? Her grandson. Okay, by? Her son. By her son. Yes, but it wasn't his child. It was one of her other children's grandchild okay. that she was raising. Well, was it? What was the hit for? Why did? Why did money? He, oh, money. He life won, He put a life insurance policy out on him. Okay, uh, he killed him. Yeah, yeah he's, he, he's dead. Okay, and and how much did he pay to get him killed? I think he paid that little hit person like twenty thousand or thirty thousand dollars, something like that. All right, and the the son's in jail. He's in jail. Okay, rest this of his life. Real story. This is a real story. You okay. can Google it. Now, does Miss Sweetie Pie, did she forgive him? I don't think that she has. She did go to court, and she didn't make too many uh, public appearances. Like, she didn't talk about it. Nobody's ever been able to, like, interview her because she says it's real 
private and personal. So I don't know that she forgave them, but it messed up their family. You know this? Oh, dang, this just happened. Yeah. Or or the trial did anyway. Yeah. What show is this? It's called Sweetie Pies. It's Which, called uh, Welcome to Sweetie Pies. Yeah. What, what what channel is Welcome to Sweetie Pies on? I think it was on Bravo. She has a very popular oh. restaurant um, <clears throat> in Indiana or somewhere. St. Louis. It's in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, St. Louis. Um, I don't know what it initially was on, but it's on the Oprah Winfrey Network now. Own, O-W-N. Own. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like Own. I like the Oprah Network. You know those people that go to court and face their the murder of their kid or whatever it is and they forgive them? That's such bullshit. I don't care what you take your forgiving religion and put it in your dick hole because I'm not forgiving. <laughs> I'm not forgiving anyone doing that. And I don't believe that those people like they're for, you could see they're grinding their back teeth. They're like, this is the right thing to do. My pastor told me to do this. This is the right thing to do. I forgive you. Bull. Shit, you don't forgive them. Nobody can. There are things on this earth that are unforgivable. There really are. It's okay to not forgive everybody. Jason, as your spiritual sister, this is where I have to jump in and tell you that forgiveness is for you, not for them. You have to forgive these people. No, you just, that's spiritual. That's I, what you have to do. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. You take that and put it in your dick hole. Me to be your spiritual sister if you don't want my spiritual guidance. Well, I can't, I, I do want your spiritual guidance, but I I, I don't. I'm not going to accept all of it. You have to. You Nate, have to do you believe people. that everything is forgivable and everyone can forgive, or should? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's more of a religious thing. I feel like religious people are more inclined to forgive things because they they think about the afterlife and a greater power and stuff like that. Um, so I think if you are religious, that's an easier thing to say. If you're not so much, then you're like, fuck these people. I don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> but but it's it's the face value. It's what they say. Okay, so let's say one of those whack jobs that have gone into take your pick of whatever church or place of worship and 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 taken lives for no reason, right? That person, do you think that the leader of that church, whatever they might be, or that religious institution is forgiving that? Like, you come in. We want you in our congregation. It's okay that you killed 12 people in our congregation, but we want you to come into our church. I forgive you. That's not what forgiving somebody means. It means you're not holding hatred in your heart. It doesn't mean you're friends with them, that you're hanging around, that you want them around you. It doesn't mean that you're okaying what what they've done. You're simply saying, I'm not holding anything in my heart for you. But there's nothing wrong with having hatred in your heart. (laughs) <laughs> it destroys you. Hatred destroys it, it, it you. It does not. It, it makes me warm at night. I got to tell you. <laughs> like, there are certain people that I can't wait to watch them die or fail or whatever. They, but that's always been how I've ticked. Like, I have a life hit list. I have people on a hit list that are just unforgivable. My mother used to be on it. But now it's kind of like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison. I'm sitting there on the couch putting the lipstick on and I cross her name off. but nikki has a point though because it's kind of like you are you're letting them win they're living rent free in your head basically Mm -hmm. like you're holding this hate and this grudge against someone so you're giving them the power if you if you forgive them and you don't think about them anymore you have all the power but i don't look at it like that that's that's the basic way to look at this that's the you know the that's hatred 101 all right let me take you an advanced ap class Mm -hmm. 
is what you do is you take that hatred, you keep yourself warm, and you flip it, flop it, reverse it, rub it down, and you use it to your advantage. So you're not letting them live rent-free in your head and control what you're doing. You're using the experience to fuel uh, that fire in yourself because every once in a while we all get lazy, right? Mentally and physically, we get run down. We need something to oomph us up. But if you've got those memories of people that have fucked you over, you've got those memories that of people that have done you wrong or doubted you, Oh, my God. Every successful person has at least, at least one story of someone that's doubted them and they never forgot it and they've used it as fuel for their success. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Fuel and yeah, hate but that just means, different things. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's hatred. That's an AP class of hatred. You use it as fuel. I've taken the bioproduct and used it as fuel. <laughs> But if you if you're using that, then you're already you're letting them get to you because you already had that in you initially because you are you and you're using your own mind. So you're just letting them have the power over you because you could have done all those things without them. So yeah, you're letting them get to you and they're, they're winning in the long run. No, I need them. You know, I'm very people like me are like Pinhead from Hellraiser where you got to suck the life forms in in order to become whole. Right. So I suck the hatred in. In order to become whole, I love it. I think it's great. Everybody that's wronged me, I can I can sit there. I could write a book. You know, wrong is not right by Jason Bailey. You know, I could sit there and write a book. Every person in my life that's wronged me, and what and then like I could even put a section underneath what I wish would happen to them. And I mean, I'm talking about from girls that have either cheated or lied or bullshit or whatever. I'm not talking about petty stuff. I'm talking about like big big to, sister Mary. Um, what the fuck was her name anyway the head nun at my high school that bitch sat across from me and my mother told my mother that i wasn't gonna amount to shit <laughs> you showed her didn't you fuck yeah she I did. can suck it she can suck my dick off <laughs> <laughs> or she did that on purpose and that was her way of mind fucking you and she knew that you would do that yeah she wasn't that smart she was she wasn't that smart i remember i sat across <laughs> from that desk and i looked at her and i said in my head i'm going bitch i'm gonna prove you wrong I really, I said that. I remember that, you know, and I'm going to win because I'm going to live longer than her. She might have already been dead. She was old then. She was like the fucking crypt keeper, you know, ancient. So like, and then I, 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 just a bad person, just mean. She was gray. Like her whole body was gray. Her nun outfit was gray. Her face was gray. Her hair was gray. Her shoes were gray. Her eyes were gray. Her tongue was gray. Everything was gray. And you've carried this around for years, and she's thought nothing else about you. Even other, even the, and she remembers me. I know that because I saw her some years ago, and she looked You didn't at see that lady. No way. I did. I did. I did. I saw her. I saw her. I went back, and she was there, and I saw her. You did not see that lady. That lady's probably dead. No, she's not dead. She never will die. She's just always been 90. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's never, she doesn't have a birthday ever <laughs> and she oh lives in the uh, convent right next to the high school <laughs> with saw the, that lady yesterday no you didn't but the rest of the lesbian nuns they all live in this convent right next to the high school and she's like uh, they're all in there so yeah I did see her I saw, I saw a couple years ago no, actually you didn't I, 
Why would I make that up, Nick? Why? Because you make stuff up all the time. I don't make. That's the thing. Is people think I make shit up. I don't. These are all true stories. <laughs> no, but what happened was it was probably you saw her like ten years ago, but but you remembered it isn't like last month. <laughs> well, I never said last month, but it could have been ten years ago <laughs> or twenty. Yeah, she sounds like an alien. She's one of those grays, right? Like the lady is living forever. She is. Even the other nuns didn't like She's her. She's not a mummy. She, the, the other nuns. There was a nun my freshman year. She got transferred. I think she did something wrong. Um, but I liked her so much. She taught religion class. And religion class was one of my favorite classes because, like, some of the teachers, there's this guy, we had Mr. Venucci that taught religious religion class, but he taught, like, a history class. And it was really, really cool. Very interesting and informative and all that stuff. And he would kind of like mix religion and history and go, here's what history says, but here's what the Bible says. I thought it was fascinating stuff. Very good teacher. Well, my freshman year, we, for religious, religious class, we had a sister, Mary, something or another. She was so nice and so sweet. I wanted to become Catholic. I I was, I, I decided to take CCD classes. And then the first one, it was just so fucking boring. I couldn't do it. And then I was out, but she got transferred because I think she did something wrong. I think they booted her to another Catholic school. I had to get her out. Yeah, so you liked her so much. Some other boys probably liked her so much, and she probably liked y'all too. Yeah, I don't know. Inappropriate. Yeah, I don't know. I always wanted to. Mm -mm. Can you imagine a nun? That's like the. I think it gross. Like I, I think of nuns as like old ladies with giant gray bushes. No, no thanks. <laughs> oh, there's got to be good looking nuns out there. Uh, I haven't. Oh yeah, probably. Before. But that's not how I think of one. Google hot nuns. See what well, it's just gonna come up with porn. But. Yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna be just uh, Halloween people <laughs> yeah, or porn. Wiggle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> girls who like to spit in each other's mouths. <laughs> 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 All right, touche. Good point. That's <laughs> funny. All right, uh, let's see. Everything's better with fuck. Uh, remember, where is it? Oh, here it is. Remember, this is a, an extension from last week's. Uh, everything's better with fuck. So, this is another Halloween version. Uh, I've got four clips. You guys give me the one to ten. Ten being the best. Judgment. And, uh, but you're going to have to guess, uh, the movie and the year. All right. Whatever we do, it's better with fuck. What? Everything's better with the fuck. All right. And if you're ready to give a fuck about your health then check out Chef Erica at ericanicoleday.com. Experienced culinary medicine consultant and private chef with medical and high-end restaurant background, available for consulting on meal planning for weight loss, helping with medical conditions or strict macros for bodybuilding or fitness training and or fitness training. Erica Nicole Day dot com. Chef Erica will be at Podcast and Pours too. Her husband actually owns Hobo Fire. And he's one of our fine sponsors that you can meet and greet. And uh, they'll have a little decorated area in the Haunted Vendor Village. So um, let me pull up. You know what? Since I did this so early, I lost the email of the trivia. And I had to go back and redo it and ask myself the questions. And it was very difficult. So, (laughs) all right, here we go. First one. Welcome to fuck night. Ooh, that's a good one. Welcome to fuck nights. 
Nate. Is it fuck fuck nut or fuck night? It's fuck night. Welcome to fuck night. All right. You want to give me a score first? Um, I thought that was a pretty good one. It was well-placed, uh, short and sweet. Uh, I will start with a seven. A seven. I like a seven. All right. That's good. All right, Nikki? Uh, I actually really like that. It gave me, like, Dracula vibes. I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, nicely done. All right. And you guys know what movie it is and what year? Fright Night? Yeah, Fright Night. Very good. <laughs> nicely done. I wish I had a ding for you. Uh, Bing. Do you, know, you Nate. do you know what year? Friday night, Friday night, um, 86. Whoa, that's close. Oh. Nate? 85. Yeah, there you go. Ah. <laughs> Nicely done. Both of you guys. Uh, here's my s- next one. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either... Fuck! Or you can help me to stop it. <laughs> you can either... Fuck it! Or you can help me stop it. Give me a score, Nate. Um, I liked it a little bit better. It was a little bit longer. Um, so I will give this one an eight. Ooh, all right, Nikki. Um, I actually um like this one too. I'm just thinking too hard about the movie now. I'm gonna stick with my eight. I like it. Okay, and do we know the movie and the year? Dang, to your little town. Shoot. This Nightmare on Elm Street. No. Friday Thirteenth. To your little town. Can you play it again? Uh, I'm not supposed to, based off of the rules. <laughs> the rules. <laughs> Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either... Fuck! Or you can help me to stop it. Mm-hmm. Poltergeist? No. Before Poltergeist. Before Poltergeist? Yeah. Mm. <sighs> I have no idea. It's, they're talking to a sheriff in a little town. In a yeah. little town. Before yeah. Poltergeist? You want the answer? Yeah. Sure. Halloween, 1978. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Halloween. <laughs> we had that one last week. I, thought we were, I know. I thought we were doing something uh, different. Yeah. Well, you know. Or we're shaking bacon. Uh, no. You know, Halloween gets doubles. Okay. So uh, here's my next one. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't fuck that. You hear that? I did a robot fuck. I did a robot fuck. Did you hear the robot fuck? <laughs> I get bonus points for robot fucks. All right, uh, Nate, give me a score. Uh, I like. I really like that one because of the the roboty noise. So I will give that a nine. Whoa, Nikki. I'm also giving it a nine. That Whoa. was well played. Well played. All right, the movie Silence of the Lambs. No. Dang. 2001 Space Odyssey. Yep, yeah, that's it. Hold on. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what year, Nikki, is 2001 a Space Odyssey? What year? Mm-hmm. Oh, his year was wrong? No, he said the oh, name they... of the movie, 2001 oh, Space Odyssey. Oh, that's the name of the movie. Yeah, but what year? <laughs> 2003. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I asked her. Nate, <laughs> Nate do you know the answer? Uh, Nineteen sixty nine. Oh, very close. Sixty eight. Sixty eight. Sixty eight. Now, did they redo this movie in the eighties? I thought that. Um, I thought that Roy Schneider was that his name, Roy Schneider, the guy that was in Jaws. I thought that he. I thought that this movie came out in the eighties because I've seen. I've, I've seen this movie. I thought I went to the theater and saw this movie. Was there another 2001 Space Odyssey type movie in the 80s? 
Or was it how they take bring movies back that are old and play it in the theaters and you now, thought it was new? Now, well, they didn't do that in the eighties, but they oh. um, this this looks like it was from nineteen sixty eight. How? Yeah, not not that I can find unless there was another one with a different name. Um, I yeah, I don't see anything. I could have sworn. Go, go to Jaws and look at the lead guy. Was it? I think Roy Roy something or another. All right, and then look at his movies from the eighties, like the sheriff guy. Yeah. Okay, um, and they are doing a remake, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, this year. Comes out in December. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, Chris Pratt's in it. Oh, I love him. Wasn't he in that movie Passengers, too? Yes, yes. <laughs> He's killing those space movies, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, and uh, the new one is, is, I believe it says, produced by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg? Or is that the That's not the original, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, okay, so let me see. He's in Jaws, Blue Thunder, What's all his that name? jazz. Roy. Uh, Roy. Roy Schneider. Yeah, okay, I was right. Roy Schneider. Now, look in the 80s. Was he in some, any type of space movie? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, 2010, the year we made contact. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Is it could you, <laughs> did they have any pictures? Is he in a blue, like, jumper? Um, I just vision a blue jumper. I think they're all like kind of connected. Like there's Probably. a like I'm not familiar with the whole tr- not trilogy but franchise, but I think they're all well, Yeah, connected. I mean they're they're all wearing spacesuits, so yeah, they all have space or uh, NASA outfits on. Yeah, little NASA outfits. All right. So yeah. uh, uh John Lithgow was in it also. In the original. No, in this uh the one that you're talking about, the 2010. Oh, yeah. And Chris Pratt uh, did Guard- Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's just killing the space movies. <laughs> <laughs> My faith. That is Chris Pratt in Passengers, right? Yes, that's him. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's what I thought. With the girl from Hunger Games. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. Yeah, I actually didn't mind that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. He's also uh, the um, uh, Jurassic Park guy, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. He's pretty or Jurassic good. World. Jura- yeah, Jur- Jurassic. He's, he's jurassic Yeah. All right, here's the last uh, one. Darling, light of my life. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to fuck your brains in. I'm going to fuck them right in. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Does it beat a nine? I don't know. Uh, I like the robot one, but I like this one too. Uh, this one had two fucks in it, right? Yeah. All right, I'm going to give this one a nine and a half. Whoa, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki. I like this one, but not as much as the other one. So I got to give this one an eight. An eight. Okay. Yeah. So the winner is Robot Guy. Yeah. Oh, do you guys know the movie? You should. This is a classic. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about it. Wait, is this the winner? What's what? Was this this one was the winner? No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, okay. 2001 I Space it Odyssey. Is a, I played Darling, it. light of my life. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to fuck your brains in. I'm going to fuck them right in. Dracula. No. <laughs> it's going to fuck your brains out. <laughs> Gosh, I have no idea. To me, it sounds like uh, Johnny Depp doing Willy Wonka in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, no. Uh... Oh, um, 
Is it Edward or not? It's um, not Edward Scissorhands. No. Uh, Sweeney Todd? No. 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 Almost sounds like if, it almost sounds like if you would have said Vicky Vaughn. Vicky Vaughn. The water boy? Oh, that's Vicky Valancourt. Never mind. Yeah. Who's <laughs> that? Vicky Vaughn, right? Is that from Batman? Oh, I don't know. Is that is that from Batman? <laughs> big, big, one of the biggest actors of our time. Chris Pratt. No. <laughs> Bruce Willis. No. Bruce Wayne. Goose Fraba. Goose Fraba. Goose Fraba. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yes, you do. I've said it a million times before. I know you always say it and nobody ever knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Adam Sandler movie. Anger management. Goose Fraba. Uh, I don't know if I've seen that in the so last this Adam Sandler's in this movie? It's not Adam Sandler, but it's somebody who's in the movie. Oh. Oh, um, Oh, is it the the Shining? The Shining. There you go. <laughs> yes, the actor Jack Nicholson. Yeah, and the year is uh, eighty. It is eighty. Very good. Oh, nice. Hold on, let me give you a dingers. Uh, yeah, there you go. That was nice. You've never seen The Shining? No. Oh. I think I've seen it a long time ago, but I can't scary, tell you nothing about it. Scary. I mean, at least when I saw it, it was scary. I haven't seen it in forever, but, yeah. you know, it's like I'm not in the scary movies don't get me. You know, there was one of the apps, you know, on the TV or maybe it was Peacock or something, but they've got a whole section of scary movies and you can go like old ones and new ones and stuff. And I don't know. I just even as a kid didn't like them. 2001 A Space Odyssey was on, you know, this list of, of audio of horror movies. Uh, I, I never thought about that as a horror movie, but I guess, I guess kind of, I mean, it's not, I guess it's kind of scary. Yeah. I haven't seen it forever, but it's the computers, yeah, the I, bad guy, the villain. I mean, it's not, it, you know, like bloody and gory, but yeah. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't think of it as like a Halloween movie, but yeah, I guess you could say it's like a scary sci-fi horror movie. Maybe scariest, maybe horror. scariest movie you've ever seen. Um, well, I don't really like scary movies, so I don't watch them, but Jurassic Park, when I was like eight, was like the scariest movie I'd ever seen. I remember I, I begged my dad to buy me a ticket so I could go watch it in the movie theater with my buddy. And I think we, oh no, actually, no, the, uh, that one, I was scared. My dad came with me, but, the I saw seven in the movie theater Ooh. with my buddy and they, my, my, I don't know if my buddy or or my buddy's older brother somebody bought us tickets and yeah we like we both laid down in the seats and couldn't watch it because it was so scary at the time nikki scariest movie the scariest movie to date for me was the blair witch project really for me it was terrifying because through the entire movie i think all the way up to the end i thought everything was really Real. happening yeah. i thought yeah, it was really we being recorded like i was terrified i'm like this is crazy you've heard my blair witch story right I don't know. Okay, so the guys that directed her from Orlando, they're UCF guys, right? Um, and when the movie came out, I knew nothing about it. So a friend of mine that I worked with said, hey, we're going to go watch this movie Blair Witch Project. And she took me to 
um, this theater that was like an artsy theater. It wasn't like an AMC or a Regal or something like that. It was where they do artsy type of things. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been there before. And we go in and on the everywhere in the, the lobby has just these white photocopied pieces of paper about the movie, but they p- put it on the paper like it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, like missing, blah, 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 blah. I'm buying into this. <laughs> like hook, line, and sinker. I'm buying into this. And then it was, to the best of my knowledge, one of the first movies that was shot the way it was shot. I know, like, part of the gimmick that was behind the movie is that they only used, like, $50,000. They cashed out their credit cards. They shot it on 8 mil, you know, but it was in that first-person POV. Mm -hmm. um, And and, and nothing had been really done like that before. And so, at the end of the movie, we're walking out, and and I said to her, her name was Hildy, I said, I go, that's crazy that they, they were able to get that footage. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the same thing and she goes what <laughs> so that's crazy that they were able to get that footage she goes you know it's a movie right i go yeah and then they made it into a movie <laughs> <laughs> well i love the same thing but you kind of like in your head you're like oh well they found the camera and they just went through the footage yeah that's I, what i was thinking i believed everything that they put on that screen man i was like Ugh. oh shit i better not go out in the woods and see some sticks or some rocks or whatever it is out there that's gonna be scary times uh, and then she had to explain to me that it was a movie and then i met the the, the guys um the director and those dudes and they came into the studio and stuff. And I was like, God, you guys got me still one of the greatest movies. I yes. think I, I, they still, I mean, I never watched the second or third or 18th one that they yeah, did, I never did, but uh, I think it's still one. I mean, you can watch it still today and it still makes sense. It's still pretty cool. Your heart. Oh yeah. Gonna well, beat fast. You're going to be scared. You're going to be jumping. Yeah. And, and there's still something like in the, if you thought it was real, when you saw it, there's still something in the back of your head that goes, it's probably still real though, right? You know, like, you know, you know, it's fake. You're like, but you know, it, it is real. Just, be, just be honest with me, right? All these years, you guys have been keeping this a secret. Cause just be honest with us, all right? It, yeah, it's real. Like, I'm gonna slow this part down because I, I can see in the back. I can see him hanging. You know, I think for me, I've said it a million times, but there's three movies that I, I will not watch again. Uh, Funny Games, that Eli Roth movie, where they do the home invasions and like. Um, the Northeast or something like that. I think it's called, it's, there, there's an Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen funny games. Then there's this one. It's called funny. It's like funny game or funny games. One of the two. It's not the Adam Sandler one. And then that's funny people. That's funny people. Yeah. Thank you. Then there's yeah. uh the, the last house on the left remake that I can't watch. Like there's that movie just ugh, like the rape scene, the knife scene. I can't, I can't do rape scenes like that. No, it just, not, it's not my thing, y'all. <laughs> can't, no. You know, it just it makes me uncomfortable, makes me angry. I just can't get through it. Um, and then uh, the strangers with uh, Stephen Tyler's kid daughter. Oh, live. Oh, live. Yeah, live. Tyler, and then I think Aaron Eckhart is also in that. He was Two Face in Batman, I believe. Um. Looks like it's Scott Speedman. Okay, maybe not Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> uh, I know the Scott Speedman guy from. Oh, he's in. Oh, no, he's in um, Animal Kingdom on TNT. That's where I know him from. Um, I thought Aaron Eckhart yeah. was her love interest. Uh, no, I think that's this guy, uh, the Scott Speedman. Does he look like him? 
Uh, a little bit. He kind of looks like. Um, so you know what my yeah. problem is? My problem is, is I get so much wrong, but I'm so confident that I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I say it that you believe it. And I'm just spreading all this bad information. <laughs> I apologize in advance. I am so sorry. Anyway, that movie at the end when they're knifing them and they got the masks on, spoiler alert. And they, you know, they say, why are you doing this to us? And they just go, because we can. And they're just little jabs. And they're looking at each other and they're saying, I love you to each other as they're, I mean, oh, you know, and you're, you're angry because there's like, dude, you had a shotgun. Why did you leave the room? You were, you know, barricaded behind the thing. Just stay there until daylight. They'll leave. You know, they walk into the room, you shoot them. They set the house on fire. They're not in it. You leave, you know, like, what are you doing? Don't you home invasion? One Oh one. Don't go after the home invaders in a dark house or ever just stay barricaded and wait for help. I agree. You know what movie I can't watch again? Hmm. Precious. Oh, that's not a horror film. It's about a fat black girl. It's not about a fat black girl. Oh, Sorry, I thought it was. <laughs> the main character is that, but that's not what oh. it's about. Oh, sheesh. Well, um, well I apologize. I thought I've not, I have not seen it. I thought it was about a <laughs> fat black girl. What is it about? It's about just her growing up in a very hard life. Her mom and her mom's boyfriend molested her. Oh lot. no, yeah. that's horrible. I can never watch that movie again. I was gonna say that doesn't sound like a fun movie to watch. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it, it won awards. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. well, I'm not going to watch that. Thank you. Appreciate that. It was that. good, yeah. but was you gonna can't watch, watch it, it twice. I was going to watch it this Actually, we were going to play it tomorrow night at Podcast and <laughs> Forth. Yep. yep. 1 a.m. Be there. Oh, I didn't play my winner, did I? <laughs> nope, you didn't. Uh, oh, no, yeah. I want to hear it again. Yeah, uh, here's the robot guy. I did, I, I really am proud of this guy. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't find that. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> that was good. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't find that. <laughs> That's so cool. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's go do podcast and pours too. Let's do it. Halliversary. Everybody, I want you to say a prayer with me as my as I'm the spiritual brother right now, okay? <laughs> Once you cross your fingers, this is going to be double thing. Cross your fingers and then put them together in prayer mode. Okay, like this. But your fingers are crossed too. <laughs> Why are we cross? This is this is this is lucky. It's called lucky religion. Okay, and then now you put them. Now you put pray. I feel like the the penguin from Batman Forever <laughs> begins. You got to put them together. And pray. Here we go. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. Okay. Uh, dear, uh, dear baby Jesus, say it after me, dear baby Jesus. <laughs> Dear baby Jesus. Thank you very much. Nikki, are you going to pray with me or no? I'm, going I'm to used to saying it. Pray. What? Okay. <laughs> Dear baby Jesus, thank you for everything that you've given us. Uh, thank you for the success of this uh, project, this podcast. Thank you for bringing us all together. Uh, thank you for everything that you've given us. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you, but please, if there's one little favor we could ask for you, baby Jesus, please, baby Jesus, that tomorrow night... Um, podcast and pours to Halliversary, Tanner Row and Beaufort, Georgia, that it's, it's like off the chisels and, uh, it's, it's badass and we have a fucking blast. And there's a lot of fucking people Whoa. show up Whoa. and it's just huge. Um, you know, bigger than what it is now, right now it's big, but I want it to be bigger. So just like a huge day. It's going to be awesome tonight overnight. It's fucking killer. 
I was with you at the beginning of the prayer. You, you gotta can't th- you gotta pray think first. You gotta think. and then put in F-bombs in a prayer. But my God's like a You're dude. You're giving us bad juju here. No, no, no. My, my God is my are. God is like a per. He, he is. People think of God as like this really conservative prude, but he's really not. He doesn't he, want you to pray to him and he's say a, if he's this a, and if that. He's a hippie that gets high. And um, he's way cool, man. Like he, he cusses too. And where did you find that? Yeah. I mean, he created everything on the, the ninth day. He created the F word. Yes. <laughs> Bad words, yeah, Jesus, get get that shit done. Bad words, well, I mean, technically, I mean, I knew growing up, if I said his name, his full name, it was a cuss word, which I never understood. You know, you go, Jesus Christ, don't you use that language in here. (laughs) I just heard the guy two hours ago at church screaming this at the top of his lungs. How come he can say it and I can't say it? Because the manner in which you're using the word. Oh, so now there's inflection rules. Yes. Oh, ain't that some bullshit. You weren't really calling or crying out to Jesus. You were using it in bad context. Your religion's got a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn a lot from me as your spiritual brother. <laughs> I'm sure I will. <laughs> All the things I shouldn't be doing. Get your tickets. Podcastthebs.com. The Verve Pipe. Tomorrow night. Headlining our party Tannery Row, Buford, Georgia. Tons of stuff to win. Cash prizes for both Halloween costume contests. Balloon drop towards the end of the evening where you can win accommodations at this beautiful resort in St. Martin. Plus tons, hundreds and hundreds of dollars of gift cards uh, to give out to you. So uh, details, signing up for the costume contest, all that good stuff. Everything you need to know. The uh, discounted room link if you want to stay the night up there. Uh, all on podcastthebs.com. Drink specials. Drink specials. There's there's nothing as far as questions that you might have that cannot be answered from our website. But if you need someone to personally answer them, reach out to any of us over the next 24 hours. We'll be more than happy to answer them for you. All right. Uh, Nate, got anything before we get out? Happy Friday, fuckers. And I'll see you tomorrow night, Tannery Row. Are you going to do a beer chugs and harmony from Podcast and Pours? No, because I do them on Fridays. It's on Saturday. Yeah, but I mean, you could do it for the next Friday is what I'm saying. No, because I do it on Friday. Yeah, but you could record it for the next Friday. Is what he I'm does saying. it no, live. He doesn't do it live. He does it live. I do Facebook live every time. He do, don't. He produces this. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, go ahead. Uh, come out to Podcast and Pours 2 where you can get uh, our ghoulish drink that we're going to have. And they may even have some hate punch. Yeah. Uh, and wave at your fave. Definitely wave at your fave. That's right. Wave at your fave. You got something like that, like shake at your quake or smile at your pile. You got something like that, Nate? Um, cheers, fuckers. Cheers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nate has this thing. I have my own thing. You get your thing. I'll get my own thing. What's your thing going to be? I'll be uh, the, the high five at your guy. <laughs> That's my thing. Knuckles at your buckles. Okay, stick with that. Not, not, you know. <laughs> Knuck if you buck. Uh, yeah, I'll think of something. All right. <laughs> Look, uh, we really do hope to see you tomorrow night uh, and, and celebrate with us. Celebrate Halloween. Celebrate the one-year anniversary of the podcast. Celebrate the one-year anniversary of me getting fired. 
It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be stories that we'll be telling for a very long time after tomorrow night. I promise you that. So we just hope that you are a part of uh, of that. Now, look, this weekend, this is adult Halloween time, right? Saturday night, it's usually when the adults, that's why we're having the party on Saturday night. Friday tonight, Saturday night, adult Halloween time. Probably going to be doing some drinking. Understand, get it. But if you've had too much, please do not get behind the wheel of a car. I've lost way too many friends like that. And I don't want to lose you. So see you tomorrow night. Have yourself a great weekend. Thanks for support. Thanks for listening. Talk to you. Bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Now, get out of here.